0: National Rescue Consultants presents Train to Live podcast with Herb Tyler, Greg Rogers, and Rob Ramirez,
1: talking all things fire and technical rescue. So pour a drink
0: and enjoy the show. What's up, fellas? What's going on, boys? What's up? How's it going, boys? Haven't seen uh, you guys in
2: a while. Well, Herb, I just saw you a few days ago. Yeah, you're right. I was talking about Rob. Oh, I haven't seen Rob either in a while. I miss Rob's hey, we- smiling face and beautiful hair. Look what I'm working with tonight, I, boys. This is serious. That hair is on point tonight, my friend. Thank I'll you, drink man. to that hair. I'm going to drink to that Thank hair you. real quick.
1: And I'll join you. God given. Put zero effort into it.
2: It's hard to be God that beautiful, you. Rob well it's a gift and a curse tonight
0: uh tonight we, we we got some special guests in the house it's uh i just had the uh pleasure of meeting uh one of the co-founders of bears of the oath when they came down to uh the advanced rescue and survival school definitely uh one of the guys who he's just like us man shane bentley lee humphreys Corey thompson those guys are cut from the exact same cloth that we are man they eat live and sleep this stuff so um, looking forward to what tonight tonight brings, what shenanigans happen, so it's going to be fun.
2: Should we um, – normally it's PG-13. Should we make it R for tonight since these since these warriors are coming on?
0: <laughs> it, might, it might be NC-17.
2: <laughs>
1: Remember that? I love that.
0: Bro, Showing old. his age. Hey, hey, that's old school right there. But we got a Blockbuster, see the little <laughs> NC-17 box, you know it's on then.
2: Hey, uh, so so, hopefully, um, hopefully we're gonna talk about uh some of the survival in the writ, because um I thought you killed it, Rob. I definitely want to go into that and uh the uh, Shane Bentley, Corey Thompson, um even Redbird. I mean, just absolute warriors, man, coming in and like jumping into the rhythm and then. Uh, you know just going to work and adding their little pieces so it was uh it was good stuff man hopefully we can get into that. It was good stuff.
1: Absolutely. I'm looking forward to talking about it. It was a great week up at Fort Pierce and uh, the guys that came down from Georgia, uh, even Pablo down from Marion County we had a blast. The students were amazing. uh you kicked ass herbie kicked ass it was it was a fun event probably top three most enjoyable rewarding events I've done ever teaching and uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again. Let's uh, let's get on with the show. I want to introduce these warriors.
0: Hey, well, before we start, let's uh, let's start with a nice toast. Three of okay. us.
2: All right, you want me to do it? You lead it, buddy. All right. Since these guys are warriors here, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull a little military, uh, little military style toast. Um, it's about being a warrior. It doesn't matter about the cause necessarily. This is your path, and you will pursue it with excellence. You face your fear because your goal demands it. This is the goddamn warrior spirit. And I, I bring that with those guys. Drink up, fellas. If I, if I that was all week, too, in that advanced re- uh, <clears throat> survival and writ. That, warriors, man. Absolute warriors.
0: So we got, uh, we, got, we got two special guests on tonight. We got uh, Shane Bentley and Lee Humphreys, two of the co-founders of Bearers of the Oath. So without further ado, I'm going to let Rob introduce introduce them, and then uh, we'll get moving.
1: Uh, so Herb touched on it earlier. Uh, we are all you know, cut from the same cloth and branches from the old same tree, and these guys are— we hit it off right away when we met these guys. Uh, Bears of the Oath is a stand-up training organization. I call them a training tribe there are possibly a badass dudes that get it and every minute around it was enjoyable. Uh, I had the pleasure of going up to Georgia uh last year and uh meeting these guys officially. I we knew each other, you know, like a lot of us do via social media, via podcasts, via uh knowing of each other through other avenues and venues and I got to go up there and work with them and meet them and break bread with them and uh, and, and raise a glass and these guys are stand-up dudes and I knew that uh some way somehow I had to bring them down and talk to Herb about it. We spoke and uh Greg, all of us got together and said, these are the guys we want to work with uh, down here and do something together, some type of collaboration. And they've become part of our family now, and I'm excited to have them on the show. Both of them are straight up badass firemen and good dudes. Uh, Shane Bentley, one of the most passionate guys I've ever been around. He's currently serving as the assistant fire chief at Cornelia Fire Department in northeast Georgia. He has over 16 years in the fire service. And his passion for training, mentoring, and inspiring others is uh, second to none. the founding members of the bears of the oath shane simply wants to lead the fire service better than he found it we're going to move on to mr uh hump little humpy over here lee Humphreys, another badass dude who i got the pleasure of meeting when i went up to uh georgia last year to do that gig with them up there and we had a bunch of solid firemen uh go through uh, again a full couple of days of uh firemanship writ survival engine company truck company these guys these guys got it all and again uh second to none tr- hospitality and training if anybody has the chance to go up to the georgia area and work with the bears of the oath please jump on that opportunity and let me know how you felt about it afterwards because i promise you you will not be disappointed these guys are awesome humpy the firefighter two with the city of gainesville georgia uh not to be confused with the city of gainesville in florida a suburb of metro atlanta located at the foothills of the northeast georgia mountains currently assigned sci- to fire station 22 which houses an engine company and a truck company and a squad with 15 years in the fire service, Humpy has worked as a fire instructor, a live fire instructor, for the for the for the Georgia Fire Academy for about five years now. As one of the founding members and lead instructors of Bears of the Oath, Humpy loves to go into jobs as we do all, throwing ladders like Pablo, and occasionally rubbing the leg of his partner. And I'm hoping his partner, whose leg he's rubbing, is it. probably Corey or Shane. But we'll let them talk about that when they come on. Welcome to the show, fellas.
3: Guys, thank you guys for
1: having us. What's up, fellas? Fire pimps are blacked out.
0: That's it. (laughs) Cheers, (laughs) boys.
3: Cheers.
2: It keeps it exciting when you can't see their face for a while. The suspense.
3: Are you guys fitting in the dark? (laughs) There they are. There you are. Yeah. Dormant on us, so. How are you guys
2: that? in your Are you guys in your hunting blind right now doing this?
4: How's <laughs> that?
0: Perfect.
3: Perfect. What's, What's up, there, boys? Man, that's terrible. That's awful. We'll,
2: we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah, I can hear you. Shit,
3: man. disconnect that wiFi <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, just uh hey to give the audience a peek behind the curtain, this is what we've been dealing with for the last thirty minutes. <laughs> hey, can hey, you no. guys hear us, Shane? You what? Can you guys hear us? Yeah, we hear you now. All right, right on. You guys are frozen right now. Hey, uh,
0: yeah, I'm on it. Uh Lane uh he just uh gave us a little shout out on Facebook. He's from uh South Carolina, Greg. <laughs> Myself, Timmy Gleason, oh, and uh, Richard wonderful. Shirk had the opportunity to be up there and do a uh, structural collapse with them.
3: He keeps going back to the one at the house. Maybe.
2: Hey, maybe we can call uh, Tom out in Colorado, and he can help you out with uh, his Wi-Fi.
3: Well,
0: uh, Dan Jodwin just uh, just sent a little text over on uh, Facebook. <laughs> that, uh, they borrowed Tom's Wi-Fi. Who's Tom? Uh, the guy he- i remember, uh fit for Fight Fire.
1: Oh, Tom Johnson. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what Tom? Are we yeah, talking about?
2: We had a we had a three hour show. We saw his face for about twelve minutes. Yeah, we,
1: we put in some work that night.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. He got his story man. across, though. Yeah, he did. Tom's awesome. All those guys are awesome. Uh, hey, while Maggie we're waiting Erickson. on uh, while we're waiting on them, mm-hmm. you guys uh, catch that Bucks game? By the way, that's right, boys. Uh, Go into the Super Bowl. Cigar City Pool boys were uh, they were all texting me so. Just want to let you know that.
1: Another stand-up organization. Congratulations to you and your Bucks.
2: Thank you, sir. That's all I'm going to say about it.
1: Well, we, we got Danny Erickson up. chiming in. Danny Erickson talking to us from uh city Hartford. I believe five truck. And uh, he is uh, asking if these boys are paying their Wi-Fi by the minute. <laughs> I, saw, I saw Basil <laughs> in there earlier. I saw Nick, who just uh, became a battalion chief up in Marion County. Congratulations to you, Chief congratulations. Here we
0: go.
3: Come some Wi-Fi jokes. Now we can hear all the Wi-Fi jokes. That's great.
1: Right on. There we go.
0: Well you must be on 3G because you're only getting audio. We're not getting video. So it's all yeah,
2: good. I was gonna put in for that Marion County gig, but um, I knew I knew I I knew I wouldn't have got it.
1: Not a Jordan has something to do with it.
2: Even there was, even though there was eighty openings and seventy people showed up, I probably still wouldn't have
0: got it. Oh, hey, look at our boy Redbird right there. Shane's Wi-Fi is sponsored by Dialo <coughs>
1: Hey, Redbird, Redbird Media. Let's talk about Redbird Media and give Redbird a good old shout out here. Yeah,
3: let's. Talk uh, about- you want to?
1: Hey, so if anyone's had the opportunity to work with Danny Purcell, uh, aka Redbird, uh, he is absolutely the most uh, high speed, high energy, uh, high quality professional fire ground photographer that I've been around in my time in training. Uh, If you see any of the pictures up on our NRC websites, whether it's on Instagram or any of our social platforms, or you follow any of us directly, uh, a lot of the pictures we've been posting of our advanced rescue and survival school last week, I'm sorry, two or three weeks ago, whenever that was, it feels like a, a year ago now, um are his pictures if you uh, follow bears of the oath and the event that they just had this last couple days are his pictures as well the quality of his pictures are second to none um any of you guys that are doing a fire conference or hosting a training event in your town city fire department or region i highly recommend you contact redbird and uh bring him into town and he will make your event shine and give you that look that look you're looking for for marketing and and to increase your platform he is absolutely a professional and takes great pictures uh, again, I'm looking forward to working with Redbird again. He is kind of a dick, though. You're right.
2: Yeah, he was mean to me a little bit too. I don't appreciate mm-hmm. that. But uh, anyways, I- the um the the cool thing too that I thought about his uh, about his media is right there. Uh, halfway through the day, you could go scan the thing that uh, the the barcode basically that he printed out, and you could get the pictures. Like every hour, it was they were being updated or whatever it was. But he killed it. Absolutely killed mm-hmm. it.
1: He did. I would absolutely recommend him, with a wholeheartedly, to anybody who's hosting any type of training event. He's the, the the quality is second to none. Are you boys back or what?
3: We're trying, man. I don't know. I don't ever do this. We always got service, and now it's not going to work. So, How's that? Is that clear?
2: It's frozen. Put tinfoil on your head. I think that'll work.
0: Right. Well. Go on. Anyways, we see uh brother Basil in here. He's uh he said he's still waiting. He's looking forward to the podcast. Uh wish you a speedy <laughs> recovery, brother.
2: Hopefully he has a speedy recovery. He Just had a, just had a little incident. So uh yeah. hopefully hopefully he's doing good.
0: Well he'll probably be recovered by the time uh <laughs> these knuckleheads figure out their wi fi. So you got you got that to look forward to, Basil. Uh
2: hey uh yeah,
1: yeah that that whole uh Laying around looking forward to learning something. I might have to say, look, having another night for you, Basil. All
2: right. Let's get into it. Yep. Survi- survival good. class. Uh hands down again, Rob killed it. Um, the info that you get out, the way you deliver it, and then uh the hands on. Um people getting uh you know, getting their getting their butts handed to them, but not on purpose. Basically just because uh, that's the way it needs to go in the survival deal and learning lots. I had a lot of people reach out to me after, um, after your class the first day saying, you know, how much they learned, stuff they never even realized and stuff like that. It was awesome, man. Um, and it was good to be working right next to you and hearing your spiel again. I haven't heard it. haven't heard it in a couple of years, but uh, just as good as I remember.
1: Well, I appreciate that, man. Uh, uh, we got great feedback, great feedback from everything we did that week. Uh, uh, and I'm not even kidding. I'm. It's not a self-pat in the back. Uh, the comments and compliments that we received from people I highly respect throughout the whole state, even guys out of state. We had we had officers coming from Ohio and all over. These guys were like very happy with the program. It's something that we've been talking about for a while as a group by like doing a, a an actual rescue and survival school specific to those two skill sets, which which are unlike any other that we teach in the fire service. It's not an engine company class. It's not a truck company class. It's not your leadership programs that we work on and you go to often. Uh, it's not it's not a a, a culture building search class. It's it's legit, very streamlined. Stay in your lane. Uh, maydays, rescuing each other, and survival, and increasing that through time proven skill that re, that are implemented in, in a way that we've learned through trial and error and and lots and lots and lots of research. Uh, what the most common denominators are and how to actually deliver it uh, the way it should be delivered. Because we, all of us together, the group wholeheartedly believe that any type of RIT or firefighter survival training has to be taught a certain way. You cannot teach a truck class the way you teach a RIT class. Because the person, again, the person that you're training the day that you're sitting across from them wearing that red shirt, trying to teach them how to negotiate an entanglement in an SCBA emergency or drag down firemen, you know, down a hallway and out a window, it's not the person who's going to be actually doing that that day because it's personal. Because there are consequences that they cannot control. It's either a brother or sister fireman they're trying to rescue who they just broke bread with that evening, or it's themselves that are laying on the ground with a four thousand pounds of lath and ceiling on their back when they had plans to be at Disney in the morning with their family and kids. So you have to kind of train the person the day that they're across from you to perform and function despite the person you know they're going to be the day of the incident. And and no other skills that we teach that way, no other skills that we teach on the fire ground are, are taught that way, in my opinion. And uh and again, and, and I always go out there and say I don't care, I don't care who I rub the wrong way, but if we're if you're one of those guys that goes out there and teaches Raider survival the same way you teach stretching lines and searching and making holes in roofs you're failing your students and you're setting them up for unrealistic expectations and unrealistic expectations will fail them on real fire grounds. So please, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell that product, you're gonna teach that product, sell out to it. It's okay to be a one trick pony. We don't have to teach everything every time. And that's just my soapbox. But yeah, we had a great time, amazing group of guys and it was an amazing opportunity. And again, I look forward to working with you guys again. Greg, you killed it with the Ritz side. Herb, Herb, you killed it on everything you worked on. And um, I'm very happy with the survival product and the students. Uh, students were the best uh, we could have
0: asked for. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we, we just got a uh, comment right here from uh, Brianna. She was in the class. She said Rescue and Survival was the first hands-on class she took. She said it was amazing. You guys truly live by the motto, living, <clears throat> leaving it better than you found it, and thank you for all your wisdom. I mean, that right there, When we when we get the feedback like that from our peers saying that the class was phenomenal and stuff like that, that's the reason why we're doing it um, for all of us. Um, there, there's plenty of instructors that are here on this uh, board right now listening to us. Uh, you got Ron Gibbons, you got Basil, you got Joe DeWin, you got uh, Chief Custavanis. There's a bunch of instructors that are on this that are listening right now. And <clears throat> if you're not living what you're preaching, then you're doing a disservice in the fire service. You're, you're lying to yourself, you're lying to the students, and I promise you they can see right through it. And if if you're not doing exactly what you're selling, then you're just doing a disservice to the fire service. Get the fuck out.
4: Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah these well, when, are, these got go ahead, go ahead. Well, when Brianna was saying about wisdom, she was obviously talking about you guys, not me. Mine was mine was a couple minutes here and there, and that was it. That's all I gave, you know. Stop.
1: <laughs> I was surprised. Hey, hey, hey
2: go ahead i uh, know no, i cut you off the last time you go this time
1: all right cool thanks yeah uh, you did cut me off no, i'm just kidding uh <laughs> it stops sucking dude we're, we we gotta get our flow back with we've, uh, we've been inactive too long like mcgregor that was, that was it's been crazy. it's to been a while up. it's been a while inactivity breeds uh us stepping on each other but uh yeah uh skill set erosion right now uh the guy is the hey anyways here we go so if you guys are watching this podcast right now these pictures that we're putting up here this is redbird media and he makes you look makes you all look like rock stars um the guys that came down i'm going to mention them all by name uh, cory thompson uh second to none uh shane bentley on the show when he gets his wi-fi working he's actually a pretty good dude <laughs> uh pablo jenner again pablo jenner second to none then you had timmy gleason city of miami again second to none redbird with the pictures, amazing uh the guys on the on that i, get, I share a screen with every so often these guys are my brothers and in battle, my brothers here in the job and off the job. These guys are amazing, man. These guys kicked ass. Every single one of us had a blast. We were exhausted at the end of every day. Um, went back to the hotel and crashed, and, and gave it all. I, I honestly, hey. I, I left there and had no regrets.
2: You're forgetting, uh, you're forgetting my handpicked. Uh, um, oh, I want to say, it. I want to say, newer guy in the fire service, but brings the skill set, brings the game, and just spits the knowledge is uh, Dave McCulley. I mean, I, I work with him in the tech rescue side and uh, I handpicked that dude um, to bring it in because he does a lot of the competition writ stuff and all that. And I felt that he could bring, you know, I was thinking more of like the drags and uh, just a different mindset to the game. And he absolutely killed it. I mean, you worked with him more than I did up there, Rob. And I mean, he was just killed it.
1: I've had the opportunity to work with him about three times now, different again, tech rescue side. And now, on the fireside, and he is uh, an absolute stud. He acts many years older and more experienced than his actual tenure and age, and life experience. Uh, he's an old. I was telling him, well, he's an old soul trapped in a young man's body, and he understands every aspect of the fire service. He understands the written, and the unwritten the, the kid is solid all around, and he's probably gonna hate me for saying this, but uh, uh, he's uh, he sells himself real short, and I constantly remind him, hey, don't do that. He's a stud, <clears throat> and he uh, he brings a lot to the table. He makes our team better.
2: You'll you'll never pick him out of a lineup. David McCulley, you'll never pick him out of a lineup.
1: Mm-mm.
2: You know what I mean? So Irish. <laughs> his his red hair and green eyes, you'll never be able to spot no. him.
1: Never. Let me do this.
2: <laughs> no, but anyways, that was a that was a good deal, and I was kind of glad how guys uh how, how guys kind of ran with their own little thing. You know what I mean? We kind of just talked about The basics like hey here's the four things i want you to cover and then you guys just fill the gaps with just all kinds of just awesome things so i do appreciate to all of you everybody that was there i appreciate that
1: so um herb how are we looking with our guest
0: uh he just shot me a little text he's uh he's gonna take it to the inside of the house so so we'll just uh keep it moving and uh all right well as soon as they get on we'll, we'll get them on and then uh we'll get the show moving in that direction. But let's uh, let's recap this uh, Advanced Rescue and Survival because um, if you guys follow us on social media, we're actually heading back up to Georgia on March 12th and 13th, I believe it is. Uh, Pablo and uh, Sean Duffy will be up there. Arthur Ashley will be up there. Um, we're we're going to be doing a, a big event with uh, Bears of the Oath. So it's going to be <clears throat> some life of wit. We're going to be doing some survival up there. So we're actually looking forward to it as well.
1: It's going to be an absolute blast. Uh, he's got a great group of guys up there. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, a lot of people hitting it from different angles. And, and I'm, I'm excited to get up there again. It's a great place. The people are very against hospitality, second to none. And and nothing makes you want to be around firemen more than not only when they're, like, you know, branches off the same tree and like-minded, but when, when they're they're putting in as much effort in receiving in the, inf- the the information as we are putting it out there. And that, that just feeds the soul and it makes me want to give them 110%. So um, I'm looking forward to it. And that's, that's what I got when I went up to Georgia with
2: these boys. I think they rented they, a they, hotel they a great room. Time. Did they rent a hotel room? That's
1: right. right. They're, they're in the lobby. They're in the lobby of a La Quinta.
0: Exactly. Um, <clears throat> <there's, clears throat> hey, hey, real quick, shout out to Scott. Uh, he he flew all the way down here from Ohio to take the class with us. So hey, he Scotty. What's up, Lou? All right, you boys with us now or what?
3: Yeah, we're here. We had to go to Atlanta, but we're back.
0: All right. We <laughs> like it. We like it. All right. Well, we're, 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 we're giving you guys 30 seconds right here to make sure you guys don't freeze up or anything before we get our hopes up.
3: Don't, hey, cross your fingers.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, the ventriloquist.
3: Sorry, sorry about that, guys. We, uh... A little technical difficulty. The studio had a little lightning strike.
2: <laughs> we already factored in the, uh... The 45-minute mistake.
3: Sorry about that.
2: It's all good. Are they still right. there? Yeah. yeah. Hey, we're here, dude. We're good.
3: What, what, are y'all, what are y'all talking about? Well, well...
0: I mean... Yeah, <laughs> you're a little frozen right now, but I mean, uh... Um, We'll ride with it. There you go.
4: I didn't
0: understand that. <laughs> good Lord. All right.
1: This is, is going to be tough to work out to later.
0: <laughs> you ain't lying, bro. <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. All
3: right. Shane, you good? Yeah, we're good. Can you see us? Can you hear us?
0: Try yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, so we've already did your introductions, all that good stuff with you guys. Let's, uh, hey Shane, tell, tell us how the Bears of the Oath got started.
3: Well, it was, uh, it's kind of one of those things where I started jotting down things on paper. Everybody's kind of seen now that's familiar with the Bears of the Oath. They've seen the coat of honor that's on the back of the shirts. Um, I started doing that. 2016, I actually had a captain where I used to work that used to take him. He was the last one down, first one up, and he would take, in every night sitting in the uh, bunkhouse, he would take and write down in the journal every night, and it, it, one night it got the best of me, and I just asked him, I said, Captain, I said, what are you uh, what are you writing that journal And Long story short, he you know, told me about the day's actions, what we done, and little did I realize and uh, know that. He was kind of keeping a journal not just himself and everything we've done on ship but all of us together is how we've grown how we grew throughout the years we were together and so i kind of started doing the same thing and it kind of one of those things where as i started writing it down as i went back and looked at it it was one of those things where i watched us all kind of grow good bad and ugly and with that it, i kind of i came up with these 23 these 23 line items that you see, I guess it's just on the bears of those code of honor. And originally they were in a different, uh, I guess you could say verbiage. And one night I was, uh, in 2018, I was sitting in my office at work and I kind of put it in fire department terminology, save lives, protect property. That was your, that was my family and my kids, my wife and my kids. And so I, I kind of, the whole thing behind the whole code of honor was I've done it very selfishly. And so, when I done that, I knew that it was extremely selfish to do. But I, I knew if I put a, a a logo with it that nobody wasn't familiar with, because let's just face it, they're not taking a teaching fire department uh, traditions and history anymore. So I was sitting there and I was sitting in my chair and I was leaning back, trying to figure out a an emblem to go with it. And I seen, I looked up in my office and I seen that. The handshake which came from a 1794 insurance placard and that's where it came from that's where the logo came from and i took the terminology from what it is what i originally wrote it down as to what it is now and that's what you see and i kind of you know i I showed it to a few people and they said yeah you need to do something with that and it was extremely selfish but i knew if i put it on a sweatshirt or a t-shirt that people would wear it and the reason it was so selfish is because majority of the time you know you see it and everybody's uh when they turn and walk off most of the time it's extremely humbling but there's a lot of times it still hits me right in the face and so that was the selfish part of it i knew i knew people would wear it and i knew that uh eventually that it would turn into probably i knew it probably turn into something and so then i kind of reached out to a few people that that uh i started building relationships with people that I already knew and that's where it came from that's kind of how it all kind of evolved i reached out to four other people one of them being humpy and three other guys and asked them i said hey guys what do y'all think about this and would you be interested in taking in uh kind of starting something new starting something a firemanship a group of firemanship that has absolutely no requirements to be part of and here we sit today uh it wouldn't be what it is without everybody that's part of it including you guys uh, every time we do something it, it just gets bigger and bigger so it was uh, it was kind of my it was kind of my therapy but at the same time it was i, I made sure that it was something that i I give everybody the opportunity to to be a part of and there's there's absolutely no closed door on anybody who wants to be a part of it. We just asked that you want to take and make the fire service better than you left it and be a part of something that uh we could take and we could change together so that's kind of how it all came about. And most of those say, most of those lines that are on there, every one of them is a personal failure of mine. So that's the selfish part of it. So that's and that's and that leaves us where we're at today. And it just, it just keeps getting better and better. So this, it's a huge accountability factor for me. That's uh <clears throat>
0: that, that's where a lot of this stuff uh, just comes from, man. It's uh. That's how NRC started with me and freaking Greg just sitting there and we're like, hey, listen, we want to do it the way we wanted it done. So we took it and ran with it. And uh, as long as you don't break off of that and stay true to who you are, great things will happen.
3: And that's exactly what it was. We and I kind of reached out to the guys that originally – There's five guys other than myself. There's four that I reached out to, and all of them had a different – a really, a different place in my life at that time when i'm being humpy this here with me tonight we we knew each other previously but we at the time before this all came about we kind of got linked back up and we was both doing things with uh, with other training training groups and you know it's not that they were we we ever consider ourselves any better we just wanted to do something that offered a little bit more and create realistic training with realistic scenarios and you know, give everybody the chance to come be a part of it. That just pretty much wanted to take and not be condemned or fussed at or bitched at or hollered at for wanting to do the right thing. And and it's uh, I, I would have never, honestly, to be truthful, honest with you I' Have never I would have never expected the opportunities that it's brought. So with that, it's kind of it every time, every day. It, it turns into more of an accountability factor. So you know, it's. it's pretty heavy when you don't want you don't want to let people down especially the ones that take a look to you and trust in you so um, I told a guy this weekend after a class we had I I really don't know the some most of the time I feel like a lot of times I don't know the correct words to say to show my appreciation other than thank you and sometimes I feel like that's not enough but the opportunities that it's afforded us to start doing things that we really wanted to do and, and link us up with guys like NRC and all the other guys that we've got, uh, Build yeah, Build Your Culture, Sean and Pablo and uh, Citizens First and Todd Shepard. I mean, there's a list of on and on and on. And this like, Basil, I, I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys. There's, there's guys all over that, you know, you, once you – I, I really don't think it's no accident that we've all ended up together.
0: I agree. So, <clears throat> hey, uh Hump, so what's uh, – What's a little bit of your backstory?
4: Put me on the spot. Spot. Um, with the group or just in general?
2: Just in general, brother. Uh, I mean,
4: What's like your uh, favorite color, Hump?
2: Hump, you I lived did, it, man. It. Just tell us your story, babe.
4: Uh, red. Red, favorite color. Um, <laughs> I, heard... I started in the fire service right out of high school. Um, just like... That's all I wanted to do, got in with it. Um, I went through a rough spell. I I worked at a single engine department and I learned a lot of bad habits. Um, Lazy being one of them, like, you know, Duffy talks about, you know, all the perks of the fire station, you get to come sit around and play video games for 24 hours and yeah, that was me. Um, So, um, like I said, I met Shane in, I guess about 2010. Um, I'd known him. He sold for a fire company around here, but um, I got linked back up with him when I to work where he's at now. Uh, It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um, So that's where we're at now. Um, I've kind of, I've, I've had to work on, I guess, close to 10 years of bad habits and it's, it's a struggle every day. I mean, can't just change overnight, but, um, this, this, this bears of Oath has definitely been the best thing that's ever happened in my career. So.
0: And and that's what it's all about, man, because you get like-minded guys around each other. It's going to, you're either going to have to shit or get off the pot and that's the reality of it um when shane came down all the guys went and everyone passed out everyone was tired it was like 2 30 in the morning me and shane are still up sitting in the hotel lobby talking shop it's uh it's one of those things where it's contagious and if you're not willing to jump on that train and, and lead from the front and actually live what you're selling, you're gonna get lost and people are gonna read right through it. And uh just seeing the three of you guys that I've met, you guys eat, live, and sleep that lifestyle. So that's what has drawn us to you and you and vice versa. And uh myself, Greg, Rob, we're looking forward to the March class. We're looking forward to uh the uh the other event that we're gonna talk about here later. That that people don't know about quite yet, um other than that man it's uh it's truly been an honor for me to to hop on and be a part of your guys uh bears of the oath and what you guys are doing.
2: Well, and the one thing too, Rob, I know you're gonna add something here, but just to add to that <clears throat> the uh one thing too is when you're with a group of people and they study this stuff inside. Now they read the reports. They do all that. You're not, you're not lying to them. You're not bullshitting them. You're not faking it. You know what I mean? You got to bring something to the table and sometimes you got to throw it out there and you say, Hey, what do you think? Because I kind of felt this way with our writ stuff. Like I look at it a little bit different. You know, you see the articles, but you don't see the training. And then you see a little bit of training, but you don't see any articles or any layouts that's kind of shooting from the hip. This one was kind of laid out. And it was a little something that I've been looking at and seeing and and pulling from a bunch of people, uh, little things here and there and kind of putting it all together. And uh, I laid it all out and kind of seemed like crickets for the first hour or two. And then once we started getting into it, guys were coming up and they were just absolutely bombarding me with questions about why and how and this way and that way. And, you know, we really need to do that, but our department doesn't get buying. And I think that's where the bears of the oath come in, man. I mean, that is what you guys sell. 100%. Yeah.
3: It's uh, I, I never, I, it never ceases to amaze me how many, how many times throughout a class or where, like when, like when we was down in Florida a couple weeks ago with you guys, something as simple as a sticker on somebody's cool, it makes a big difference. And, you know, when they come up and they're, they're excited to, you know, to, to talk to you and meet you, it's, it's, very overwhelming at times because, to, I mean, to me, we're no different than anybody else. And, um, we have, we, you know, we, we get a lot of pushback from other organizations, uh, throughout the state level at Georgia. And, you know, we get criticized and condemned a lot of times for what we do, but, it, you know, we're not going to stop doing it. So. But, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's one of those things where I was looking on the yellow pages today, I call the yellow pages Facebook, and I was looking at one of the guys that he posted a comment from uh, the class we had this past weekend, the end of the week, and he, he put on their hashtag 25 and 15. And I kind of looked at it, and of course, it makes me smile because I said, I thought my thing, my thing with 25 and 15 is, it doesn't matter if it's a fire alarm possible structure fire, confirmed search fire, every fire, every fire alarm has entrapment there's, And I, I spent years teaching myself that 25, there's 25 adults and 15 kids in every call. And people say, why do you do that? And I said, the reason I do it is because from the time that we get on the truck, their engine, whichever it is that you're riding, Quentin Rob's in Rob's case sometimes, but- uh,
1: Well played, well played.
3: Yeah. see." I'll all in 56 K dial up jokes a little while ago. We heard it. So, But uh no, truth will be truth. Be honest with you is if you create the worst situation in your mind, when you're responding to any possible fire, hopefully it can get better from when the time you go on scene and we, when I play it out, it's 15 and 25 in my mind. You know, it, most of the time it, you know, I've never been faced with the, with that opportunity yet. I hope I never do, but, what I do is I prepare myself and my mind what to do and knowing what I have to do to be able to take and face that situation when I get there. So, you know, it's just one of those things and to, to have 56 students and this past week for a class that we've done something, we took class Thursday and Friday and done something Bass aqua just never been done before. And we set a building on fire and said, here you go fellas, this is yours. And they was like, holy shit, what? And but what it did was we had some big name departments there and uh, they realized that once they were opening up the vulnerability, once you cross the threshold, it didn't matter what name you had on the back of your turnout code. So, and within a period of three hours, we spent the next 16 hours in class taking and honing our skills. And it was very cool to see all these guys take away something from it. And for somebody to take and put 15 and 25 out there on the internet, you know, that's, they look at you and they, they trust in what you're saying. So that accountability factor, like we was talking about a minute ago, with the code of honor, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's big shoes to fill. So, but people's listening to you and they trust in you. So you have to take in, you know, it gives you that sense of trust and uh, accountability all the time. So
1: <laughs> Dude, you guys are, you guys are putting up a great product. And um, I'm going to, you know, circle back to what you said earlier there, Shane, uh, any type of pushback you're getting in your region, it's normal. It comes with the territory. Anytime you start making any form of waves or progress, you're going against the norm. It happens at every level. It's been happening for since guys started stepping out of line and thinking outside the box on their own. Listen, all of us are students. Every single one of us. Whether it's the guy who has been doing this 40 years and teaching at the highest level, or the guy who's four minutes into teaching. And then everyone in between. We're all students of this game. And only the best of that group um, is doing it right because we, we have to all remember that regardless of what you're doing and how you're presenting and what you're, what you're preaching, what your passion is and what you want to see improved in the fire service, you're a student first and humility comes with that. And, and if, if you lose the fact that we're all students and learning from each other, I learned so much from you and from Lee and from Corey and from Greg and from Herb. The entire week I'm there, I'm learning from, I'm learning from the students. And it's not this, it's not the instructor cliche, Of you know I'm here to teach but I'm also gonna learn I actually mean it man I actually mean it the second I left my sandbox I became such a much better fireman Uh, my my sandbox being my region my fire department my protocols my department my training division this is not a shot at my region department or training division in any way shape or form I'm grateful to them for everything I have to this day and for the opportunities they afforded me And, and but I didn't become versed in my craft until I left the walls of my organization and my region. And I started dealing with guys that were reading the label from outside the jar, not inside the jar. Because you're in the jar when you're in your organization. You know, insert patch here. We all work for different agencies. Okay? And, and those guys, and, and if the second you leave that agency and that jar, and you realize that you're part of the fire service. We all say we're brothers, Right? If I fly to California right now and I run into this uh, a California guy and we start talking shop and he rides a truck and I ride that that hybrid and we start getting to talk about the truck, his truck and my and my modern piece. All right. I'm going to call him brother at some point. All right. Nice to meet you, brother. Nice to meet you, brother, because we're all part of the fire service and, and, and the best fireman I've ever met, the most knowledgeable fireman I've ever met, the best students and teachers I've ever met. They've all been students first and they've understood that. The walls outside their agency matters. We've had guys on this podcast from the West Coast. We've had guys from the FDNY. We've had guys that are local. We've had guys now from Georgia, and and at every level, they've told us it wasn't until I left the walls of my organization, started going to fire conferences, listening to podcasts, reading books by written by written by people outside my region and my agency, that I did not start becoming a well versed in my craft. And and you guys understand that. The guys above me on the screen understand that. And and. and uh, I think the listener should understand that. Man, if you're working for an organization, I don't give a shit what your patch says. You got to get outside that organization and become a part of the fire service and meet like-minded brothers and sisters outside your walls and learn how to do things different. The way you're forcing a door is the way you're forcing a door, but there's 10 other ways to do it. And there's guys in some podunk fire department in the middle of the country in some flyover state who's figured it out better than you ever did. Because he's mastered that skill a ton of 10,000 times. So uh, be coachable, be teachable, and be, remain a student of the game. That's my take on that. Now I have something to add real quick. I know I'm, I've been talking for a long time, but Lee, you sparked something on me earlier. Uh, when you said that your first 10 years on the job, you were in an unhealthy environment, unhealthy culture, and that kind of breeded you to become what you became at that time, right? Uh, and then you had that moment of clarity that you said, hey, I need to do X, Y, and Z to become the fireman I envision myself becoming, or the, person i envision myself being that moment what was the realization because i know what mine was and and it's funny because you maybe become a little introspective when you were talking i was listening and i thought about my moment and that that made me realize dude rob you don't know shit and and that started the process in which i'm on now this journey to like learn as much as i can about the fire service because i'm i'm starting my 19th year and i feel like i've been on the job nine minutes and i gotta be honest with you man that's just the way i feel you know
4: yeah. Was my, uh, it was pretty much just it was about the same time that Shane came along and asked me to be a part of this. Asked me what I thought. Um, it was actually, actually it was before that, whenever I linked back up with Shane. Um saw what he was taught with him about his division at the new department he was at. Um and I saw what he done with the crew he had and, and changed them around. I thought, wow, that's where I need to be. I need I need to I need to change what I'm doing. And don't get me wrong, I struggle with it every day. It's still the same. Um, but it's that's when it that's when I had the moment.
1: Yeah, I'll be honest. How about you, Shane? You remember your, your moment? Where you saw with the badass right out of the womb?
4: We can't hear you. Hey.
1: Where, you, where you was just a badass right out, of the, uh, right out of the crib, right out of the cradle. You were just a badass fireman, ready to go.
2: He just pisses excellence right from the get-go.
4: Right off the rip.
3: Let me take it, there we go. Try that now. Try it again.
1: Can you hear me? Can you guys hear me?
3: Yeah, we can now.
1: Shane, what was your moment? Did you have a moment too, or are you just a badass right out of the womb?
3: No, I, I, I definitely had a moment. I, uh, I walked in, long story short, I walked in the firehouse day one and had the baddest captain you could ever imagine and um, got set straight day one uh, was forced to work hard to learn how to do the job really quick and and he is still today is very his friend and mentor mentor first he is absolutely mentor i i I often think about the day i walked in there and i seen him and i looked at him and he's kind of looking at me like what the is this guy doing here and uh, so uh, throughout that uh, a few years into it, I was I've never done well at keeping my mouth shut. I've never done well at finishing second. and um, I had an experience to where I popped off one time and I was forced to retire for a little bit at a very very early age in the fire department because of my mouth and luckily I was able to return back to the job. Uh, and but when I did, I realized, there was a time between there that I had to take and take off to go back that I realized, Hey, I need to start learning to discipline myself. And that I also realized that I wasn't happy with having to follow a certain group of people. And I had to remove people from my life, from my inner circle. And that wasn't easy to do because I've always been the guy that encompassed myself with all of my friends. And so at the time, uh, I had to remove people. I had to take in, Start concentrating on uh, the passion that I had was there. I just I had to learn to take and dive into it with that. And when I did, I just kind of. That one of the guys that's part of the Bears of the Oath, Jonathan Jordan, he was, he's my he was my captain when I went back, early lieutenant, then captain, and uh, we we we've always been really good friends. And he allowed me to be me, the kind of person that I am today, as his driver, and he was my officer and. He allowed me to get outside the box and push the envelope but he also he would reel me back in and when it came to that point to where i realized hey you know i've got an opportunity arrogantly i realized i had an opportunity to influence people and when i did that about the time i started realizing that that's when i started kind of looking and and you know saying look i don't I, there's an, absolutely no way i want to do this by myself and the people that influence me uh that's when I started reaching out to him and talking to him and you know I, I kind of felt like that we needed some change and I knew if I put, if I attacked it by myself, I was going to be out there by myself so it allowed me to take and reach out to the guys uh, and like Humpy and then uh, Jonathan Gordon Richie Tebow, Scott Sanders. Uh, man, all of these guys that always trusted and allowed me to be me, even at the mouth sometimes because my mouth has got me in a lot of trouble. And but they've always trusted and believed in me in this. But it's also taught me the the law of accountability. I'll be honest with you guys, they ain't making men no more. So I realized too at a young age that when people started coming to the fire service, it didn't matter their age, if they didn't have any fire service experience, that was an opportunity. And the opportunity was to teach them about the fire service and to Encourage them that it was okay to love the fire service and to do work, and to want to work hard. And and it's kind of I don't know the, the mentality that I had was you had to, as arrogant as I as I am at times about things, you have to truly care about people, and you cannot get people to perform for you at one hundred percent. I'm not talking about seventy five or eighty or ninety percent because I'm that's not acceptable to me. So if you get if somebody wants to take and perform for you at one hundred percent they got to know you care about them. And that starts with every day, every shift. And you have to know what's going on in their lives. You have to, you have to tell them you care about them. You have to tell them you love them. And because they will not want to perform for you or let you down if they don't know that you care about them. And so I had that opportunity. I screwed up, messed up and got kicked in the nuts and got another opportunity. And I swear to God, I would never take and forego that. And here I sit today. No, I so,
1: appreciate your honesty, bro.
0: I Appreciate it, brother. It's uh yeah, no. if uh if we're gonna talk about where that come to light, that Jesus talk was for for me, that coming to Jesus talk was given to me by a mentor in the fire service to me, which is on the screen with me, uh Greg Rogers. A uh, little backstory. I got the opportunity to get into the teaching game super young in my career i've only been in the fire service 17 years and uh it happens to uh, all of us um you you get that you kind of get that puffy chest early on in your uh early on when you start starting to get that opportunity to teach and stuff and uh you you get stuck on well it's my way or the highway type mentality and uh that grumpy old man pulled me aside and said hey listen uh, if you want to make a name for yourself, you better tighten the fuck up just like that. I'm not mentioning any words. And, uh, I, I kind of fought back a little bit. It was, and he was like, all right, well, uh, you're going to leave just like the rest of everyone else. So either tighten up, expand your horizons. And now we are where we are. So for me, that was my coming to light. Um, he, he gave me that opportunity to, you need to check yourself. Because walking around thinking that you're God's gift in the fire service or something like that, the reality is you're not shit. And there's plenty of people out there like that. And uh, the, the moment when you can see that and, and you can look inside and be like, hey, okay, you know what, uh, I'm able to be organized to give these guys information. But let me turn it around and let me be a student of the craft. That's where it makes it all better. So uh, that, that, that was my coming to light. And uh, I'm, I thank Greg all the time for that. I'll just for what, the
2: just for the record, I wasn't that old when I told him that he called me a grumpy old man. I was kind of like a grumpy young man.
3: <laughs> mustache. That's <laughs> the yes, mustache. As me and Jason Liska talked about the mustache the other day, and the mustache has characters, so don't fuck it. It don't matter. Let me tell you something. So does
2: so that hat, dude? Gangster.
3: Yeah, I know it. it's because I'm fucking pimp. But the thing is, is. <laughs> from day back when we- the day one when we were down there in Florida two weeks ago two or three weeks ago so it, it was an hour into it and me and Herbie and uh Captain Rogers Greg was working on the windows and they was just constantly busting ass on each other and I was like damn you know here I am I'm sitting there going what in the hell's going on here and Herb walks off and Greg tells me you know he tells me the same thing that Herb just said and then we swap roles and Greg walks off and Herbie tells me the same thing and it hit me. It was, it was the same thing. It was the exact same thing that we do to one another here. Like we are constantly on one another's ass. And, but to hear Herbie talk about Greg and then Greg talk about Herbie, it was kind of one of those moments like, Hey, this is why we do this. And I'm going to take, and I'm going to bust his ass harder than anybody else's ass I bust. And and it made 100% it made, it made, everything made sense right then and there. And I kind of like, so I told uh, Daniel Redbird, I said, all right, I get it now. I see where it's at. And, and it made sense and it was cool. And then it kind of, you, then you kind of started settling in at home and then we sat there that night and me and Herb had them, those conversations and, and me and me and Rob had had them several times And the conversations that we had after the fact of Rob coming to Georgia and then Rob getting deployed. And then, you sit there and you have conversations with guys like this. It's not by accident because when you have the conversations and they're to you and they trust in you, it isn't because it doesn't have to be that, you know, these guys for years It's like like-minded people tend to take and migrate to each other. And that's exactly what happened. And I kind of just, it was, I, I told, uh, I told some of the guys, I said, man, I said, this is crazy. I said, I feel like we stepped right back into, to the house where we're at right now. So it's, you know, it's, and then to see it all turn into a big, I don't know, an orb- orbitable circle. I, the other night I kind of took a, a highlighter and a pen, and I. so somebody asked me the other day, they said, where is the nucleus of this? And I said, what do you mean? They said, where is the nucleus of all of what's going on right now? And I started taking and writing names down. Uh, I took a state uh, uh, North American map and started writing names down. And then I started putting all of them together, and I started... and. And it wasn't really hard to find the nucleus of it all because somebody has to originate from somewhere to meet somebody and to see that. And we just kind of, the first conversation me and Herb had, we just kind of fell right into it and here we are today doing it. And it's kind of, i just tell you, I don't know any other way to say it is this is how we're going to do things. If you don't like it, fuck it. If you don't like it, sorry, you're not part of it. So. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to see what's going on because there's so many other guys like NRC or the Bears of the Oath that's out there that's doing the same things. And I told, there was one of the students in class the other day, he said, man, how do you get, how do you get hooked up and linked with all these people? I said, well, I said, the truth be known is there's a bunch of them out there and I'm a troll. I get on the damn internet and I watch people and it just kind of happens. And, you know, I go after the guys that that are taking, that I feel like can make me better. And you know, and trust is a big word. And, you know, you put yourself out there to trust these guys, guess what? The chances are when you find like-minded people, you don't get burned. And that's, you know, that's, and that's, I I really, it's kind of, it's it's reiterated the fact that we're doing the right thing and how we're doing things, the mentality that we have works. And there's, I think we create a culture for people to be able to take and come to us and create that comfort zone for them to take and get out of their comfort zone they've been stuck in for years. So they they're looking for people like us and it's you know it gives us the opportunity to take and spread what we're talking about. So it's pretty cool. It's really well, ha-
2: I'll have to say I'll have to say one thing. Um that it's more of a statement than it is a question. <clears throat> the um when you look at people's logos on their shirts or or their sayings and all that, you're like, you know what, that's legit uh like build your culture you know Pablo and Duff I mean those guys it's like all right I, I, that's that's pretty deep I can handle that it's not just you know a, a little cliche deal um you know we've got this monkey kind of a hard monkey thing going on and uh to be honest with you I wasn't a fan of it at first um but then it started selling and it kind of represented what we do and uh now I get it you know that hard old salty monkey just kind of does what he wants And type deal, but I, I, when I hit you up, Shane, one day after a couple of days we were working, I'm like, Hey man, I said, how do I get, how do I get one of these, uh, bears of the oath, uh, shirts or I want a hoodie. Who do I buy from? And all that. I thought you were going to say, like, realistically, I was kind of putting myself out there. I thought you were going to say, listen, man, you got to earn that. Like I was kind of nervous. Like we just don't sell them. You got to earn it. But it's, it's, it's kind of a, a deep seated oath to wear that. It's, it's, it's it's super deep, like how proud you're gonna be to wear that. That's not just a saying, you know what I mean? Like a, you know, we did we did train to live, which I thought was was big, and it covers a lot and all that. But I mean, yours is like you said that that's the oath that all of us took to be into the fire service and, and the rescue side. Uh, you know, any of those guys, the mountain rescue guys, any of that, the oath that they took. It's like they they got to be on their game all the time. So when I but when I, when I kind of saw that, you know, and I was like, man, that's, that's pretty legit. You know, I got to, I got to get one of these and hopefully he's not going to tell me to pound sand that I'm mediocre. Come see me in five or six years, kid. But you were like, yeah, I got you, bro. No problem. And I, I felt like it was kind of like, oh, that's cool. You know, I, I earned that or he's just being nice and he's never sent it to me, which is kind of what's happening now. Cause you know, I haven't got it, bro. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> I can take a joke. You know, I, I, I see the backhanded uh, compliment there. But anyways, no, it's a, it's kind of a pride thing, man. That's like a, that's, that's pretty heavy. It's kind of savage, you know, to wear that.
3: Yeah. You know, I, my thing is, is we get that a lot. And there's a lot of guys that always come up and they say, man, can we buy you a shirt? Can we wear your, and I, and, and, and this might be the wrong thing to say, but there's some guys that, you know, you want to give shirts. You want to, you want to take and, you want to take and give to everybody and, you know, sometimes you just you have to take and you have to charge people for things, and I and I get that, and that's just the truth about it. The thing about it is, though, is there's no open door or no closed door that goes with it, man. And when you take in, you create a culture of people, and that. So the the most humbling thing I could I've ever heard is in October when Rob came up to uh, Georgia, the the uh, surveys that we sent out. You know, I got to read them, and uh, it the most, the biggest compliment I've ever had is, you know, and, and I take that graciously with everybody is the fact that they said, you know, you made us a better firefighter. Or you, the biggest one was that you made me a better father and a husband. And when, you know, and I, and I'm not gonna lie to you. When i read that, I, had, I sat there and I looked at it and, and that's, that solely had to do with how that, cause there's no bullshit about it. The classes that we do are exactly 100%. We try to make them as realistic as possible, and when you have guys that come to do work like that, they want to come. To, you just don't attract everybody. You attract a certain type of firefighter, and but most of it—it's not the work that they're coming to look for. They're looking for that brotherhood. The word that's stowed around that most people don't understand what that means. And so when they, you know, when you when you sit down and you talk to them and you. You know, we all, my biggest thing Herbie said it best When well, the first night I ever talked to him, you know, he was talking about how NRC happened and how Bears of the Oath happened. We wanted to take and provide, we wanted to be that instructor that we wanted to, that we wanted at the time when we was looking for that. And, and so we have really high expectations out of everybody and we want them to work hard and their failure is not an option. Now we will take and allow you to fail to be successful, but we're not going to allow you to quit. And so with that, sometimes you have to take and manipulate people. You have to absolutely take and manipulate people to get the best out of them, and they might not realize it at the time. when you do that, they don't. They they. If you give a shit about them, guess what they're going to do? They're going to work twice as hard. And sometimes it's simply as much as saying, you know, de- derailing them from what they're talking about and going. Hey, you know tell me about your wife tell me about your kids tell me about your family tell me about your life and you get them in a comfort zone and next thing you know bam you get them next thing you know you just totally manipulated them to get more out of them it's not the body it's the mind it's all mindset so if you get their mindset right they'll take and work twice as hard for you and next thing you know they've accomplished something that they've never done and that's and that's kind of the that's the that be truthful honestly that's the trickery that comes behind it and I've always I, I hate to see somebody that wants to quit or fail, and and they and so we we that's kind of been my whole thing is I, I'm surrounded by a group of guys it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. So they allow I allow them to do their thing, and I take and slide in on the backside and take and try to manipulate these guys, and uh, and next thing you know they're they're doing things that they always never fails. They walk up to you and say, "Man, I I, I didn't think I could do that." or it, and it's not that that's that hard. they just they've been beat down for so long they they just don't they they don't want to take them they don't want to take and commit themselves because they're afraid of what somebody else is gonna say to them.
1: Hey, Shane and uh, so, Lee. Uh, that stuff's awesome, man. let's uh let's kind of like uh, switch lanes a little bit and start talking about uh you know let's focus on our subjects now let's start talking about passion and leadership and culture and and, and breeding a successful team. Uh, everyone here at some level is some type of formal, informal leader in the organization, within their groups, within their companies, within their training tribes. Um, we care about the fire service, every single one of us does, you know, the guys listening. We're part of the, we're part of that group of guys that that really cares about the direction this fire service is going, um, whether we're talking about our region or anywhere, coast to coast, border to border. Um, how do you guys, you know, and I wanna hear from both of you guys, um, every single one of us chose to be here. How do you guys address that guy or girl at the firehouse who? who just kind of landed there. And um, how do you build them? How do you create a successful team from your position? I know my actions. I know what I would do. Um, I know it works for me, but all of us are, all of our styles are different. Um, I'm not that go, 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 you know, alpha male in your face. Look at, look at my abs and look at all the cool shit I can do. So I'm gonna go lead you through intimidation or or I'm gonna outwork you. Um, I know my style works uh, based on approachability, uh networking relationship building and and creating trust and caring i really do care about farming my biggest uh strength i've found out over my 40 plus years of life is is that the reason i'm successful at my job is because i actually do care about my job and the men and women i work with and surround myself with you know and that's that's created uh, the opportunity for me to create relationships and 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 opportunities to to teach and, and be around people that are way smarter than me and and taught me a lot. So, what do you guys do, you and Lee? How do you guys see yourselves building a successful team and and creating that culture it's, for that member who didn't choose to be here, oh, who just kind of landed here? Because every organization have has them. Go ahead. I don't know. Talking
4: about this
3: kind of stuff. I don't know. It's it's to me it's. I think it matters. So there's four rules for me. Uh, when you enter the firehouse and, uh, you know, when you show up to work, this is this, this simple. There's four rules. Of course, we have to know SOPs and SOGs. That um, that really, that's just really to take and keep you out of trouble, I guess. And you never really have to get into that. Is, and there's four rules. And um, at first I thought it was the younger generation, but it's really not the younger generation. What it is, is, people are looking for people to lead them and not everybody is good at being leaders and uh so mine are you show up to work on time and on time is early my early is a little different than everybody else's mine is very early in the morning uh that's kind of my time that's where i get my my day together uh the other is you're going to take and eat and pray together uh my my mouth does not dictate that but we will pray together daily we will bless the food. We will train together and there's no set time. Uh, And then we will do chores together. And that's one of the reasons that drew me to Herbie was when he talked, when he started talking about his, uh, his routine was, you know, so there's no, there's absolutely no color helmet or stature or rank that gives you the opportunity to take and lead rather than doing what you're asking everybody to do. So when it comes to chore time, you know, we're, Toilets is not above us, mopping, cleaning. And what you do, what I found out with all of those four rules is that's where you really develop the relationships. And so to take and understand what somebody is capable of is really the art of manipulation. And, you know, you hear people, they, you know, what's, you say manipulation, and what's the first thing somebody thinks of? Something negative. It's usually if somebody thinks you're out to get somebody, you're out to burn somebody, you're out to take advantage of them. And, I, and I I'll tell you, I'll be the first person to tell you. I'm absolutely out to fucking take advantage of you. And when I say that, the reason I say it is because I want to take, and prove to you that you're more capable of doing something than you ever thought you were. And so I use the art. If you take the art of manipulation, I got a, I got a PowerPoint that we do that when manipulation comes up, everybody goes, you can watch the faces. It's this reaction. It's chain reaction. Everybody's looking at one another like this When manipulation. That's terrible. And when it comes up and goes, in a fade, it goes for a positive outcome. They go, oh, so you literally just took and manipulated them into believing that the word manipulation is okay. And then when you start talking about it, you don't talk about the fire service. You start talking about them. You start learning about them. You learning what they want, what they like, what they're capable of. The problem is, is people in the fire service, they either they're stricken by somebody that leads them in a negative way, or they don't know what they're capable of, and all you have to do is manipulate them just a little bit to get them to realize that they're more capable of doing something than they thought they were. The body will do so much more than the mind will allow you. And once they do that once or twice, guess what happens? They start developing confidence. And that's oh, it's well,
0: so, so so let me jump in on, on that, uh, Shane. And uh, y- you and I have this conversation. So everybody wants to, to rush to get promoted. Everybody wants to hurry up and get the bugles. But they they rush to, to get the bugles, but they don't rush to get to know their people. They don't understand what's going on in, in the fellow firefighters that are in their house, what's going on in their life. Is that guy, is that unordinary for that guy to show up at 745 that day? Well, if you show up at 645 and he's a he's a later relief, well, talk to him. Is there something going on? If, if he's a little quiet that day. The, the fact of the matter is that people do not take the time to invest in their, in their, in their guys, learn their guys. It, it's so quick to, Oh, I got promoted. I know everything. Well, you don't know everything. Maybe you need to go out there put your gear on and go train with the guys. Let, let them see that you're doing it right alongside them because at two o'clock in the morning, they need to know that you're able to perform the same way you're asking them to perform. And, uh, Greg, myself, Rob, we've had this conversation numerous times, especially on different podcasts and stuff like that. But it, it comes a time that in the fire service, it, it's we're, we're so quick to want to get promoted. You, you want to get your own house, but no one is sitting there investing in their people. You're investing in yourself to get the classes and, and, and move forward to get promoted. But then once you get there, now you need to ask yourself, okay, well, what am I doing to invest in my guys are you helping them take get ready to take your spot are you helping them move forward and if you sit there and you answer no well then guess what you're a shitty leader you need to sit there and start questioning your own your own uh inside and be like hey what maybe i'm doing something wrong here well
2: so what let me let me get on that too because i'm getting old dude you already you already pointed that out a few times the uh (laughs) So leadership is the art of motivating a group of people to achieve a goal, period. So when I got moved out, and this is not a pat on the back by any means. This is just a situation that I thought was okay, and I probably borrowed it from somebody. Um, I didn't reinvent the wheel, but I thought it was pertinent for the for the deal. So the crew that I have, money. I, I, could, abs- I could absolutely release the crew that I have for anything right now. That's not all me. I think what where I'm crediting myself is releasing the hounds. I feel that the hounds were kind of trapped. They were all good before I got there. They just didn't know they were, and they didn't realize to, le- to to release it or make it, taking that step out of the box a little bit and going, oh, shit, I just made a mistake, and we all laugh at them and we beat them up. But how many people in the firehouse learn when we do something stupid like that? me i'm telling you i probably the reason they learn most for me is i probably do the most stupidest stuff in the station per <laughs> numbers because so whatever i don't care but you know not not to the point of getting anyone injured and all that fired we'll, we'll go off the air and talk about that but we, let's not bring that up right now sensitive subject mm-hmm. but anyways so we did some training aspects and we i uh, basically empowered the crew because I knew they were good, 100%. I knew they were good. So I said, you guys are going to teach back to all the to all the stations when they come in to do tech rescue training or whatever it was. So it makes them actually go get the information. It makes them get a little a little mindset going, get a little rhythm, and then they don't want to look stupid if they care. And, and they all cared 100%. And they actually killed it. They they probably did better than I would have done, um, even if I would have read it or whatever. But so I think that's a good leader, but that doesn't have to come from the top down. That can also come from firemen in the middle. Now, now in my career, I can't even control them. They do so much stuff and make me tired. I got to go hide. You know what I mean? Same, same <laughs> but it's reason. like they come to me and go, hey, man, we we want to try this out. What do you think? And then I'm like, I sit there and I think about it. I said, give me a minute. Let me weigh the options. And then I'm like, all right, let's do it. Or let's do it a different way. Or you know what? Do it on the truck. Let's do it. Let's we'll see what happens. But you have to fix it for the next shift because they're not ready. They might not have the buy-in and we don't have the data. That That's the reasoning. So I think that's a that makes a really good leadership with your members and, and that that travels up and down. So the, the leadership chip moves around all to all different people. It has nothing to do with rank, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: You, hit nail, you hit the nail on the head, brother. You, uh, uh, when you find that true leader that, that, and I'm not saying that by any way, shape or form, any one of us is that person or myself. Um, I consider other people way better than me. I'm not my own best leader by any way, shape or form. Uh, but when you find that true leader who's found the balance between relationship building, wisdom mm-hmm. and information, because um, a lot of guys have a lot of information but carry very little wisdom a lot of guys have life wisdom but carry very little information um, or like you just mentioned data Greg um, you need a combination of maturity wisdom information and relationship building skills to maintain that firehouse to maintain that daily responsibility we have to build our people and and focus on their personal and professional development uh, a firehouse culture is something that I believe everyone's responsible for maintaining But ultimately, the buck stops at the company officer or the guy in charge of that firehouse. And uh, when you're building a successful team myself, um, lay expectations early, develop trust and relationships with these people on and off the truck. These guys need to know they can talk to me about anything at any time. Whether I'm tired, upset, or fatigued, these guys need to be able to come to me and talk to me about anything, anytime. They need to be able to trust me to show me their vulnerabilities. I don't want firemen that pretend working with me right i don't want the costume party i don't want pretenders bro i want but you know what the problem lies is that if i set my expectations to them too high and i never show my vulnerabilities as their quote unquote formal leader quote unquote their informal leader if you're the senior member at your firehouse without rank if i never show the guys and girls i work with my vulnerabilities they're never going to show me theirs and um and and that's taking me time it's taken me time to understand that and a lot of maturity to be okay with not knowing everything, not understanding that the fire service has so much more for me to learn than what I learned in my little jar and uh, being able to go to my men I go to the guys in, at my firehouse and, and, and let them know, hey, take point in this because right now this is not my forte guys I don't know everything about this I don't have the data, the wisdom or the information to create a successful outcome or develop you guys the way that you expect me to but all that needs to be laid on the table and once that happens man, these guys will walk through fire for you. All These right. guys will follow you just out of curiosity, and um, you 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 become that force multiplier. I'm reading Pablo's thing right now. You do become that force multiplier, your firehouse. You protect the culture and you maintain the standard for whatever it is for your organization and your firehouse. I believe your firehouse standard has to be way higher than your organization. If your organization standard is 100, you should be you should be firing at 110 percent of your firehouse if you have any so any sort of damn company pride in yourselves or your
2: members. I well, want my fire truck that-
1: to show up on scene. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
2: No, that but that's just self awareness. You know that you know what it takes to lead these guys, keep them motivated. Maybe you're the high speed guy for the day, and they're dragging. And you're like, all right, let's go. We got to make it happen. You know, for for whatever call comes in. Or today, you know, you need a little kick, and they come out like, come on, let's go look at some buildings. That turns into stretching lines, throwing ladders. Now now it's a soup sandwich, man. Just it's going nuts. Chiefs calling your radio. You're, I mean, it's just insane but that's what it takes sometimes. That self-awareness.
1: My greatest sense of accomplishment is when I have one of my guys come up to me at some point during the, the shift at a sidebar conversation or across the kitchen table or out in the apparatus bay and say, hey, Rob, that thing you talked about, that thing we saw, let's get on it and go over it. We would like to sit down and do it. When they inspire and motivate and initiate the training or make me get off my ass and go out there and do it with them. Um, to me, that's a home run, man. Yeah, I, I did, I did something right to uh, put them in a position where they want to come up to me and be like, yo, um, you're slacking today, cap, let's fucking get out there and do something.
2: Well, and, and, and in and the, in the, the fire, it. in the fire service too, there's there, you're, you're a leader by putting bugles on your shirt per the organization but very few know how to articulate what that actually means. You know, we have, we have some ex military guys that we've worked with teaching some guys at work and all that. And their biggest gripe is there is no leadership program for these guys. You take them to where you're, you know, you're doing things here and there, you pass the test, boom, now you're in charge of a, a unit or a house or whatever. Six months later, you're stepping up to the battalion chief, running the shift, and you're still trying to figure out what side of the truck your gear goes on. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, yeah. it's it's very, it, it's they don't know how to articulate it is what it comes down to. Like, and that's where we go. Like you say, Rob, always going outside of your sandbox, seeing how other people do it, good or bad, which definitely makes a big deal. And you're gonna you're going to get that, it's your favorite word, rep, on good or bad. And and you're going to take that and put it in your toolbox, whether you never use it or you use it all the time. So that's going to help across the board.
1: Bro, listen, dirty little secret. Uh, Pablo Jenner says that all, all the time. There's different levels to this fucking game. All right? There's 100% different levels to this game. If anybody's listening and doesn't agree with me, reality check. There's different levels to this game, 100% um you choose to be in whatever level you're in right now you choose your reality you choose your space you choose your operating level your platform where you're at right now is not permanent no one put you there you put yourself there okay there is no there is no box there is no box the box that you feel like you're in professionally whether it's information wisdom or knowledge or anything you put yourself into in this profession you're putting yourself in that imaginary fucking box so if you're unhappy in the space that you're in go to the next level find somebody better than you I surround myself with people that are way cooler and way better than me all the time because that inspires me to learn and to keep up with them. I'm trying to keep up with the Joneses and learn what they know and find out how they do it and then create my own way around it based on my personal and professional experiences. And whatever works for me, if it works for others, God bless. If not, teach me what you're doing and I'm willing to listen. But I'm never going to sit here and and say that my way is the only way because that's impossible to to prove, A, and it's not data-driven, B. One more thing before you guys jump in and I see you sitting, sitting at the edge of your seats. The guys and girls that we get to work with every day, man, what a fucking privilege to go to work every day at whatever firehouse you're in, in whatever state you're operating in and do the job that we do. I'm not sitting here in a soapbox. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Uh, Greg just said, getting on the truck, knowing the truck, what's in the compartment? Dude, if you're one day past the job, one singular day, Past the job, and you are not busting your ass to figure out how to operate and troubleshoot every piece of equipment on that truck. Shame on you. This is we're part of the American Fire Service. I can guarantee you that I can walk into any Home Depot tomorrow, shameless plug for Home Depot, find someone with an orange apron, ask the guy or girl in the orange apron, I'm looking for electrical tape. And I expect to hear aisle six, second shelf from the left and the bottom. Yet I can turn around and walk into any firehouse USA, and probably walk into the station, find the guy or girl on the recliner at 1 p.m., and ask them, hey, where do you keep your k tool comp- on the truck outside? And they might have to think about it for 10 minutes and walk out to show me and open six compartments that are wrong before they bring it out. And God forbid, ask them how to use it or troubleshoot it. And they're responsible for life and death of each other, their members, and the public We're sworn to serve. That's unacceptable. And any company officer or senior member who rides that truck is just as responsible as they are.
2: That's the problem with today's fire service. Perfect example too. For instance, Herbie, I know you're trying to get in there. Perfect example. When we were doing this RIT class. So when we did the survival side, you know, whoever it was, it didn't matter. We knew where all our equipment was. We knew what we were wearing. We knew the game plan. We tweaked it a little bit. And then when we were done, students went and took their break, whatever we closed the door. And as we were cleaning up and and even pre game and post game, we turned into a little bit session with each other because of the fact it's good, but we need to fine tune it and make it better each and every single time. I mean, I wasn't yelled at at all. Cause I w- I feel like I did a good job, but you guys were getting yelled <laughs> at all the time. Kidding. You're I shame. was the one. That I was yeah, the one. You that yelled at.
0: <clears throat> so, so here's something to, to hop on the little soapbox. If if you go work at and we will use Rob's uh, Rob's plug of uh, Home Depot, when you when you go to Home Depot, they tell you what to wear, what to know, and if you don't hold up to that standard, your ass is gone. So the fact of the matter is, across the U.S. and in, in, All of us that are on the screen right now, we've been all over, we've seen it. There is no accountability in the fire service right now. It'll happen a little bit at this firehouse, but then you have someone float in and their officer might not have any accountability. Accountability in the fire service is kind of out the window. So it's up to the younger guys. And the company officers to hold everybody accountable because if you're just a tailboard fireman and you're asking your your captain, your lieutenant, or your driver, hey, where's this on the truck? And he doesn't know it, hold him accountable for his actions because he's not living up to your expectations. So you know what? Take it as a learning experience, and now you both figure it out. And that goes up and down the ladder, and. I, I just don't understand where that disconnect is because if you go into the corporate world, there's accountability. You fuck up. Guess what? You're only going to do that once or twice and then you're gone. But yet in the fire service, we're just like, okay, he's a slug.
2: Well, you'll hurt their feelings too. You don't want to do that. They can, can't hurt feelings. I, 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 so I see where you're going with that too, but the, so I think one of the hardest positions in the fire service is the, the younger firefighter that transitions, whatever you have, lieutenants, captains, or whatever, that step up to that position a quarter of the time, or that lieutenant that's pretty decent and steps up to a captain or a battalion chief, however your department runs, um, occasional, because they're not in that position all the time. And then when you go into that position, they throw so much on you like, hey, you need to, you know, check the truck out, your 25 emails, you need to check, blah, 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 whatever. Or if you're going into the battalion, you're like, hey, you got two meetings, you got to hit all the stations, you got to do it. So you don't really get to check your truck out. You don't really get to check out, I mean, even your board, how you're going to use it for incident command. (laughs) That is one thing that I do when I ride up to battalion. I walk out and I know this is, to me, it's when you're on the apparatus, you need your irons. You need to know where they're at. When you're the battalion, you need to have everything you can to keep accountability for that fire. Whether it's two grease pencils or a or a, or a marker or a pad of paper and a, another radio that's working, it doesn't matter. That's the kind of stuff you need because that's going to make you successful. And that's going to make you even more important at 2 in the morning, know where all your personnel are so nothing breaks down and no issues happen. But going back, I think that that firefighter or that lieutenant that steps up to a a bigger role on a suppression unit and is running these, I think that is the hardest transition in the fire service. Because that's one day you're a follower. The next day you're absolutely running the show and you might not have a tactical rhythm that you normally have for the most part. That's my soapbox. I'm off of it now
1: listen, I love it. Uh, Everything you're saying requires discipline. And you can't lead others if you can't lead yourself. And discipline is a conscious decision. You cannot lose weight, you cannot get in shape, you cannot learn this job. If you do not want to, you must first make a prefrontal cortex decision to be disciplined, to learn to read to dedicate time before you start making any type of impact on the people you're serving because if you can't lead yourself and you yourself are not choosing to be disciplined you cannot make anyone around you better Herbie, you hit the nail on the head bro use the word standard that's word standard is a bad word in the fire service um union officials cringe at it some uh some more white-collar fire agencies also cringe at the word standards um we become very ems centric Um, I'm not bashing EMS. It pays the bills. A lot of us work in organizations that actually uh, uh, do provide uh, both fire and EMS services. Um, Someone getting a call right now? Uh,
2: No, it's his Roomba. Sounds like his Roomba's kicking off.
1: That sounds like it's stuck under Lee's leg. Hey, kick it off to the right, Keith Lee. Uh, uh, But we run, listen, standard. The standard words is, is become an issue um in the fire service a lot of guys are throwing it around like protect the standard keep the standard maintain the standard we must first identify what the standard is is it my personal standard is it herbie's personal standard is it lee's personal standard or is it my organization's standard expectations of me once you identify what your what the organization standards are and get the standards you set for yourself as an individual at the fireman at the company officer or the senior member of your team a driver engineer a chauffeur whatever your position is whatever standard you set for yourself identify it and then work to maintain it every single day, because that's a conscious decision you have to make when you go to work. Um, that that old story about the 17-inch plate. For my non-baseball people, home plate is 17 inches wide, right? That's in right. little league, in t-ball, in high school, in the major leagues, it's 17 inches wide. If you if you throw if you can't throw a strike over 17 inches in high school, you get cut. If You can't throw a strike over 17 inches in college, you get cut. You can't throw a strike in the major leagues over, over those 17 inches you get cut. What happens when we can't perform at that 17-inch analogy at the fire service? We make it 18 inches. We make it 19 inches. We make it 21 inches so everybody can throw a strike. And that's creating a dilution of skills and it's creating a culture that's getting our members in trouble and diluting what we have sworn to protect so please maintain the standard identify it before you can maintain it if you do not do that you're going to get yourself in trouble don't let them slide one inch i'm reading what you wrote there pablo and do not let them do not let it slide one inch man
2: well my my uh brother pablo is definitely going to like this one too because i've said it numerous times and i swear by it and i've been saying it for 10 years that we write our policies for the weakest person or the weakest unit and that is a that is a crime because when something goes down or they're like, oh, they, they're trying to set the minimum standard to the fire department. You need to come up to the task. If you have a truck company, they need to do truck shit, period. If you got an engine company, they need to be able to stretch. They need to be able to do a well stretch five floors. They need to be able to you know, solve the problem with water supply water issues, stretching hose lines, extended stretches They 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 need to, but instead they write the policy. Well, man, that, that hose is a little heavy or, you know, those 24s are, you know, real heavy. We're going to make that a three man operation now because I don't want to hurt anyone's shoulder. You know, it's like, don't go train on it and throw it around. It's like Pablo says, man, if I'm throwing a ladder at two in the morning, same as two in the afternoon. And, and like, that sums up the entire fire department just for that statement.
0: Well, it's, uh, it's, uh, I, I know for a fact that three of you guys have heard me say it all the time. We truly are pussifying the fire service. And I don't mean that in any other form than what it sounds like. Uh, people can't fucking drag an inch and three quarter line. What do we do? Okay. Well, well, that's a two man fucking pull Not negative. If that person cannot get to that to that level they need to be, well, then guess what? Maybe this job isn't for everyone. I wanted to be a brain surgeon. Guess what? That just wasn't in my cards.
2: Some Come on, dude. Brain. Come on. Come on. Don't don't get crazy now. We've All seen right. you, bro.
0: Shakes Jake, <laughs> McGee, bro. But that's the reality of it. Maybe you need to sit there, get back in uh, when you get home or on the drive home and figure out, okay, you know what? This shit is not for me. And you can only fake it so long. And eventually it's going to come bite you in the ass. And then what? So figure it the fuck out. That's all I can tell
2: you. And you have tons of people who say the cliche code words, the new hype that's on the internet. But when it's time to get down, it doesn't happen for whatever reason. I I don't know what the reasons are. I'm not going to sit here and speculate, but you know, it's like, you know, the big flow path that happened forever. Now everything, when the door opens is a flow path, you know, come on, man. It's, you know, it was VES, but that wasn't good enough. So now we added V E I S. Now it's V E I S A C L M N O P, you know, because that's way cooler by a vowel. Yeah. You know I mean? It's like, you know, I don't even know where to begin. We're Um,
1: I got to circle back real quick to make sure that I don't, piss off any of our EMS centric uh, friends. Um, I I, I never I never actually uh, meant to bash it. I just got a text message right now. Um, But uh, when I mentioned EMS earlier, and the analogy I was trying to get to guys and I I kind of veered off track. So let me just circle back and get back to it is um, every single one of us that works for an organization that provides EMS services to the public we serve, whether it's it's any form of tiered system or combination. If you or I and I'm speaking honestly, it's been said on the show before, if you or I mess up a dosage or a create a t- type of minimal failure or get a complaint on an EMS call, it is almost guaranteed that myself as a captain, I will be receiving a phone call from some EMS captain or EMS division chief immediately asking about what happened on the call, what dosage was given, what policy was broken, where the, the how the patient was treated, where the belongings are, what hospital they were taken to, what policy was followed. Flip that situation into a fire where we didn't throw up the ladder on time. My guy didn't mask up on time. There was a mass failure. The regulator broke, the mask broke for the third time in the same fireman. The stretch wasn't made, the supply of, the water supply wasn't caught. The truck was positioned incorrectly. The search was conducted half-assed. And we come back and talk about it and write it off to fate. Hey, we got there too late, There's nothing we could have done. Uh, the, they were gone before we got there. The house burned, the fire was too advanced. The flow path wasn't right. We're transitioning to put water through a fucking window because it was too hot. And then we start doing survivability profiles of the building. And we generate all these excuses. And I will not get one phone call from one operation chief. I will not get one phone call from one EMS chief. I will not have any repercussions for my actions or inactions based on that fire's performance, because there is no accountability when it comes to that side of the job. Instead, I'll probably get a pat on the back so I'm from a ribbon or commendation. And some kind of high five and be lied to and told them the best company in the fire service by the same chief that called me earlier about forgetting someone's person to their house and taking them to the wrong hospital. That's a problem with EMS systems right now. And that's where I was going. We force one, but we don't enforce the other because one pays the bills. The other one doesn't.
2: Well, and normally, normally that same person that's, that's uh that's calling you out or whatever they actually don't know the fireside or they've lost touch or, or their last fire class they went to is the day they had to, they made lieutenant now they're a, a chief of some sort assistant or battalion or whatever i mean we see it we see it all the time in the tech rescue side being questioned like oh how come there's not three ropes and nine press cords going to that guy it's like because it's overkill Like the data and the numbers are here. This is why they do the same thing. The, the, the one thing that really aggravates me is when you have to tell a fire story or, or a tactic or, or a task level, uh, operation that you're doing and when you're telling the story. They kind of have a blank stare on your face, but when you maneuver it over basically and refer it to as an EMS call, now all the light bulbs go off. So we're transitioning our actual to two different disciplines. Paramedic is a cert firefighter is your job, but we've turned it to where it's more of a paramedics, your job. And then occasionally we'll, you know, hopefully we wing it through a fire. It's horseshit I'm well, fired oh up God. right now. I feel like I got to go cool off, dude.
1: I don't come where's, your, where's your fire helmet? Get your fire helmet. What's your fire helmet at?
2: What's uh, <clears throat> so who are these two strangers?
3: We patched in, we, we was trying to get into the voting machines, but we found y'all.
0: These boys hey, are in HD, bro. It looks like they got an OnlyFans account right now, bro. I paid the extra dollars <laughs> for the 4K, dude. Oh
1: man, hey, real quick before uh, we get serious again, has anyone noticed that Robert Tega from Miami Dade? Has been saying hello to everyone watching on the bottom of our screen.
3: Yeah, he has he's
1: out line. here. He's out here making friends and asking for coins and free shit the entire time we've been on here.
2: Hi, yeah. Mr. Ortega. Hey,
3: hey I got. do follow
2: him. Mono uh, Mondays.
3: Right after Christmas, <laughs> got a card from him. Thank you very much. I got a card from him, and my my handwriting absolutely sucks. And when it came, I said I told my wife when she came in. I said, Hey, could you help me? And she said, What is that? And I said, I got a card from Robert Ortega. And she said, what do you need? And I said, help me understand what the fuck it says. I cannot make (laughs) (laughs) out." And I do some uh, Helen Keller shit. I finally figured it out. Thank you, Robert. I I finally, I finally deciphered it. And it's great. Thank you, man. I appreciate you very much.
0: Well, since we got you boys back in, uh, back in, uh, I want to, I want you guys to plug uh, your conference coming up here in uh, March 11th through the 14th.
3: Go ahead, huh? Tell them about it. Wow. Put me on the spot. Uh,
4: So we got our second annual conference coming up, uh, it's March 11th through the 14th. Um, I in Jackson County, Georgia, Jefferson, um, some of the best people in the fire service coming out to, uh, offer hands on training. Um, we got NRC coming. They're gonna do their um, advanced RIT. Yeah, advanced um, Rescue. Yeah, advanced Rescue. Um, that's gonna be the 13th and 14th. It is. Um, then we got Build Your Culture with uh, Sean Duffy and Pablo. And they're gonna be teaming up with uh, Captain Arthur Ashley from Lexington, Kentucky. He's going to be coming uh, coming down. They're going to do a, uh, a truck class. Um, and along beside that, they're going to do a search class. And they're going to intertwine both of them for a two-day class. Um, got Nick Peppard from um, North Florida Fire Expo. He's going to be coming down to an engine track. Um, Chief Johnson. Yeah, Jacob Johnson from Texas. Yeah, Chief Johnson from uh, Parallel Fire Fire Department. He's going to be coming down doing a lecture. Um, Great guy. Talked to him a couple times over social media. Um, Just absolutely loves the job. Um, Jason uh,
3: Liska. Yeah. Can man, he's going to come out and he's going to do his leadership, mentorship class. Uh, He's going to take and do live podcasts every day. So, Students instructors anybody that wants to sit down with him while we're live on the fireground, fire ground um, Training ground can sit down and talk to him um, That'd be pretty cool. So we am take in we'll have uh, We'll have Hamatro also doing a two-day uh, education class make it's called making space um, So those guys from Georgia Fire and Rescue Jeff Adamack and Jarrett Jenkins, they'll be taking throwing it down They'll take uh, your basic your basic MVA, MVC, and they'll take and show you something a little, bit more, a little bit more than the basics. They're going to take you and show you how to take and make space and maximize and minimize the time it takes to take and get somebody that's truly screwed up in a vehicle. That's, that's, the, that's their specialty. Uh, going to have the Drager flash can at uh, Barrow County, which is going to be one of the uh, satellite sites that we got going on. Um, we're going to do some first new firemanship. Uh, man, we're going to have all kinds of different things going on to where everybody can come out and take, and there's a little bit of, to choose from from everybody. So uh, this will be the second conference. The first one we done was in October of 20, 2020, uh, one of those things that was planned for August of 2020. Uh, we kind of laid back with everybody else, to see what was going on, went to Pensacola and in uh, september and you know they, everybody kind of talks us into hey well you guys need to go ahead and do it and when we did we took it through it together in a month and it was we had a 166 students over three days and 71 of those students stayed for all three days and got some uh, got some real life realistic uh, training so uh man and that's the thing about what we do is it's not cookie cutter shit it's straight up we try to find the best in the business to come out and take and partake with us uh, and lay it down as, as everything we do is we try to be as realistic as possible and create, we, we use live fire, live victims. Uh, that's frowned on sometimes all the time without, you know, with your with the minimum standard, which the minimum standard is bullshit. So that's uh that's kind of, that's that 99 and one, are taking the fire service 90 percent of the fire service does not belong in it sorry if you don't like it that's the truth nine percent we need you got to maximize their potential most of the time you have to manipulate them and then use that one percent that's that one percent of us that that uh I, you know whether you like it or not is you know is that's 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 us guys that's the guys that we need to take and create events like this to take and open up the uh the, the effort for guys to come out and want to be a part of it. So, but you know, then the recliner snipers that you was talking about earlier when our internet was so wonderfully choppy is absolutely bullshit. You know, if you choose, if you have a company officer, you choose by choice to sit and not do nothing and perfect your craft. Shame on you. Absolutely. Shame on you. It's your choice. And if you don't have somebody mentoring you and leading you to be better, uh shame on them so you know you don't have to be an officer you don't have to have pupils to do that you can take in as part of your oath man and when you when whether you actually had a true swearing in of your oath you know some folks don't that's part of the tradition that has gone by the way which i absolutely matter uh if you if you didn't swear into the oath to protect the uh, taxpayer the public the servant be that servant that you are and people don't realize they get they got kind of get it mixed up as it's just a job well you you can go to hell in a gas truck because you're wrong it's it's not a it's not just a job it's, it's something that you for some reason it led you to be there and you should take that oath to, to want to be the best you absolutely absolutely could be so uh we got a lot we got a big lineup coming out um we're going to throw some stuff at everybody that this is real as it could possibly be uh we got a we got a lot of we got we get a lot of help from jackson county now bear county as well if all board and allowed us to come to their facilities and they just say here you go they're yours thank you for coming and and we want to be a part of it and you know you put a few months in between every conference and this is actually the sixth time we've done this Uh, the first the first time we had 60 something students and now we've been up to over 200 Uh, so it's you know we get a lot of the same faces but every time faces come guess what they're bringing other me and herbie was talking about it earlier today they're bringing more people with them and when when they do that that's that is absolutely your opportunity to take and say, hey look guess what check this out and when they do that they leave and they go back and uh, there was one of the guys that uh texted me yesterday he said man i'm sorry i couldn't be there he blowed his he blowed his bicep out towards bicep loose which is ironic A similar thing happened in florida but uh you know, he was he was one of the guys that was looking forward to being there and he wasn't able to be there, but he had surgery Friday and he's looking forward to being there. And
2: the uh the the captain in um the, the captain from Miami that uh yeah, Rojas that um he didn't tear his arm or anything. I talked to Timmy, got an update, he just kinda banged it up a little bit and uh um he's I think he's back. He's he's rolling into it. That's cool. Um, Hopefully, hopefully, ear bumps and bruises and um, uh, slight asphyxiation a couple times. Shane has healed.
3: Uh, man, I'm good. You know what the thing about it is? Is we it, it was kind of funny the other day, uh, Friday. We had uh, one of the guys. I was we were sitting on the perch in the burn building watching what was going on. So we're sitting up high in the heat and watching, and they rolled his they rolled a cylinder off. And he, the same thing happened when we was in the building down there and in florida was uh rolled a cylinder off you know you felt that quick suck to your face and you try to suck it in and hold it as long as you can and they're doing their job they you know they're they're trying to calm you and keep you calm and trying to get you out and they don't realize that oh shit guess what air cylinder's off and uh you know i tried to hold it as long as i could i had to get a little forceful with it and i watched the same thing happen on friday as well but you know what the thing about that is guess what that's real absolutely real and, so
2: i think um i think uh do i get a save for that since i was the one right there next to you shane how, how does that work
3: that works because I, they you know we, we try to be realistic and put forceful entry doors right in front of our actual <coughs> actual egresses right and they're wore out and tired by the end of the day and they pick you up by your nuts and a damn air pack strap and they run you right into the side of a damn <laughs> forceful entry door and bang your head and you know it several times over me and herbie took it that day we and and guess what i'll do it again tomorrow for him that's
2: the uh that's the same door that tried to tear off redbird's hand
3: yeah uh, that was a day that was a dangerous
2: area in there dude
3: yeah but you know what he took the other day and he was at the station yeah i know everybody for those of you who don't know who redbird is he's he's uh he's he's redbird so he uh he took and ripped his fingernail off the other day at the station took the stitches out and acted like a little wimp and done it and bit down on a towel and that thing you know he's walking around out there and getting at of it yesterday he was up in the building taking pictures and uh so he uh you know we got we got man we got some cool people that, that partake in all this stuff so and i'll take the ass whooping every time to take and help those guys take and have some realistic training so it, it's pretty neat to see what goes on and what happens
2: that's uh that's two saves for me then well, uh, red, red red bird and you
3: yeah, right. In a week in less than a week's time, you got two grabs. So that's we need to report that to It's what I
2: do, bro. Don't worry about it. It's what I do. Well, uh,
0: hey Shane, I, I I think this would be a good segue then. Um with uh you and I talking about it and uh it was actually Rob brought it up to us. It was uh we were talking about since FDIC got canceled, people are hungry for the training, right? And uh So NRC and Bearers of the Oath, we're getting together and uh, we're actually going to hold a five-day training conference. So more information is going to come out here shortly. Uh, But uh, me and Shane have been talking about it and it's going to be pretty badass.
3: Yeah, it's going to be fun. So, you know, and and there's nothing wrong with uh, the big... The big name, the big name training conferences. By no means, and I'm not trying to, sh- trying to throw shade at them, but you know what? You can come get some. You can come get better training, and you can come get it from some realistic guys, passionate guys. Not to say that it's not up there. I promise you, it's there. They're there, but I, anybody that's ever taught it, big, the big on the big show like that at FDIC Firehouse, they'll tell you. And if they lie, if they don't, they're lying to you. I will promise you this. That
0: oh well, it's uh so so it's not that anything taking anything uh away from anybody. They canceled uh, the event. So we want to give training and to as many firemen as possible and, and and let the training continuously continue. You guys are doing something in March, so Rob brought it up and uh Rob actually brought it up to to Greg and I in a text message, and we just said, screw it, let's run with it. So we reached out to you guys, and here we are. So there's going to be a lot more information that comes out on it in the next uh, few weeks, but it's uh, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be a bunch of uh, live fire training. It's going to be a bunch of uh, – hopefully, uh, Sean and Pablo are out there with us, and it, it, it's just going to be a good time.
3: It will be. It will be. that's, that's I mean – It's it's good stuff, and uh, the thing is, is there's these departments and facilities out there that's begging for it, and they're realizing that, you know, we can take and we can provide as good a training, if not better. I'm not going to say it's better, but we can provide as good a training locally, you know, and you don't have to travel. the The truth be known about it, folks just don't never get to experience things like FDIC because they just can't afford to leave or go, or the departments don't support it, so it's, it's left up to guys like us to take it to them, and when we do, all we're doing is we're building the culture and spreading it, and giving an opportunity to take and have the things that we have going on with all of us.
4: Wow. Yeah,
1: um, just hey, just to make a quick correction: um, FDIC is not canceled; they just uh, postponed to August. Right. So, um, uh, any any of the brothers and sisters out there that are you know looking to go to FDIC, they moved it down to August, you know, because of the COVID issue and the un, unknown availability of the venue. Um, so we're, we're going to take full advantage of the opportunity that, uh, you know, we want it to be up to ourselves. So the fact that now we have an open month that we weren't expecting, let's go ahead and uh, jump into that and, um, create something for the local people to come to and ourselves to get out there and then you get our fix and, and be around them. you know, like I always say, like-minded brothers and sisters and to improve ourselves, just that 1% mm-hmm. for that couple of days we're there and, and go back home with that booster shot of brotherhood that we all need every yep. so often when you're, you're part of this game.
3: Definitely a booster shot. Let me tell you something about what we did this past week. So we've done something a little different than we've ever done it before. We actually took, uh, we had a, cl- a class called What's Your Plan? And, and how it developed was we took in, we noticed a first new issue and problem. And it's not always got to do with an age or the new guy or the millennials. I'm getting so sick of hearing about the excuse of millennials. It's bullshit. Because I'm pretty sure, 100% sure, that whether you came in second generation or third generation or not, when you came into the fire service, you did not know everything about the fire service and what it had to offer and what you were responsible for. So when you take in, say, millennials, guess what? The millennials are the generation before or after. Guess what? They're growing up with damn telephones in their hand. And anything they want to know, all they got to do is go pop, 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 pop like that. And if you're allowing them to take (laughs) that, You're failing them, I'm telling you, because they're willing to know, they're, they're, they're hungry, they need to know, and they want to know, so take and teach them that. And so with that, we took this uh, this last class we did, we kind of throw something out there a little different. And most times we, go, we come to class and we tell everybody, hey, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're looking for, and we're going to do this. So we didn't do that this time. This week we had 56 students with 16 instructors, uh, and we said, guess what, fellas? We walk out of the classroom, we need uh, four groups to volunteer, and we're going to give you a building that's on fire with live victims. And guess what? What would you do? What's your plan? And what we did, we had some big name, we had some big name Metro departments there down to the volunteer departments. And guess what it did? It absolutely took and exposed everybody's vulnerability. And everybody realized at that point in time when you cross that threshold, that it doesn't matter what the name is on the back of your coat. When you showed up, you showed up to do the job, and guess what? We all struggled. We struggled at times. We got better all weekend, all week long, and they all said, "We can't believe y'all just set the building on fire and give it to us without any instruction." And the reason we did that was this: is was to be able to evaluate them. And when we have started evaluating them. It showed that the fact that, guess what? Nobody else that was there was any better than anybody else. And they seen, everybody seen that, and it took mm-hmm. all the stigmatism of, out of it of, well, guess what? I'm with so and so, and we're with this big department, and we're, it didn't matter whether it was engine, truck, or what. Guess what? We all struggled. And guess what? In the period of just about 16 hours, we all became better together. And this thing, you know, it's like we didn't have any label on the back of our coat. So when we did that, it was, it was something. It was very, very, very taboo in the state of Georgia. Uh, but guess what? We done it, and the outcome and response we had from it. People have they have spent the last they spent the last yesterday and today signing up for uh, March. So you know it's, it's it's pretty neat to see how you can that's that art manipulation. I'm telling you, fellas, that's all it is.
2: Yeah, hey, uh, yeah, I like that, man. That's uh, that's a good deal. <clears throat> um, so after doing your uh. Uh, talking about your little um bears of the oath that's coming up the um i kind of we we've been pitching this thing between uh between us on nrc to kind of give back to uh to you know what whatever it is fools chapters benevolence symposiums stuff like that so um we created this thing called black cloud instructors group and what we're trying to do is we're trying to get all the instructors that kind of sit, um, own their companies, whatever it's business as usual on your own side, but kind of a, kind of a, uh, nights of a round table, so to speak. And we all sit down and we come up with something and we kind of pick a fool's chapter or a symposium or, uh, an organization somewhere in the Southeast down here. And, um, we basically say, Hey, what do you guys want to, What do you guys want to do? What do you want to learn? What do you want to teach? What do you like one of our programs? Whatever we have and uh, and go with go with that and kind of Between all of us hand pick Uh, whether let's just say uh, it was a fool's chapter and we pick a fool's chapter And then we call them up and we say hey you get us Um, you know figure out the details, but basically you get us a building or a pretty decent training facility and then we'll um, We'll bring in the we'll bring in the pertinent instructors. So if it's a search thing, then obviously we'll reach out to our, our fellas from uh Build Your Culture, Duffy and Pablo, and they can kind of run with it. If it's engine, if it's truck, if it's writ survival, whatever. But um we we want you guys to be a part of it. The uh bears of the oath. And um and uh I don't it hasn't been in paper yet, but I'm I'm kind of forcing uh, Pablo and Duffy build your culture to kind of be in it. And, uh, anybody in the Southeast that wants to be involved, you know what I mean? And, uh, it's going to be action over ego conference. So, you know, we want to see the action, forget the egos, and then we'll, we'll bring in whatever we have to bring in to kind of, kind of give back. You know what I mean? You, you do a lot of this stuff for money and, you know, a little bit here and there, but sometimes, uh, you have the, the people that, you know, family needs whatever they just can't get out the door to go see these. So I think we should bring it to them. And uh, Rob was one hundred percent. Herbie's been nothing but su- um, supportive, and uh, we all been talking about it. So we're kind of putting it all together now. We don't have any uh, bylaws or anything like that going on, but that's kind of the uh, meat potatoes, the the baseline of what's going on. And I think the rest of it will just kind of build itself and plug fill the whole, fill its own gaps. You know what I mean? So. That's your invite. What do you think? No pressure though. If you have to think about it, go for it.
3: Nah, I'm in. You twisted our arm. we
2: All right. Fair enough.
3: We're uh, take much to get us to join stuff. There yeah, man.
2: Do well, I pitched it to? Uh, I pitched it to Rob and um and Herbie and and before I could even finish my cool pitch, you know, I had this, I had this 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 all lined up and all that. Before I could do it, they were cutting me off saying they're in, and I'm like, oh. You gotta hear my pitch. It's I've worked on this for like two hours. Thought I was gonna have to arm wrestle you clowns, but they wouldn't even let me finish, so I didn't even get to use it. But I just saw Pablo said he's in, so that's good. But it'll be good, man. It'll be all positive, no egos. Bring the game, wear some guys out, have some good brotherhood, and that's it. Done. That simple.
3: That'd be fun. That'd be a lot of fun, It'd be good for the fire service, and uh that right there and that, there's a story behind that right there and it's uh it's, it's 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 very heartfelt to me the story that you're that the shout out that Herb's giving right now to Redbird that's uh the kid means a lot to me um he's good for all of us he does he, he makes us all look exceptional so he uh I, I appreciate you taking and taking and recognizing him right now because he uh he means a lot to us I know he does to you guys as well and He's
0: uh he's something special. Well, it's uh on uh, a <clears throat> for me and I uh, I know I can speak for Greg and I can speak for Rob man. It w- it was truly an honor to have the two of you guys on man to sit here and talk shop with us. It's uh you and me Shane we've had numerous conversations. I'm sure there's gonna be plenty of uh beers talked over and just uh, figuring out how we can fix the fire service uh, one person at a time. So. Um, On behalf of myself, I want to say thank you guys for coming on tonight. It uh, it meant a lot to us.
3: Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. I I apologize about the technical difficulties. Uh, We about got it figured out towards the end, but thank you guys for having
0: us. Uh, No problem, man. Um, We're we're looking forward to uh, being up there in March. Um, Greg is not going to be there. Um, He's having some family issues, Um, but he will be at the next one in April. Uh, So... We all look forward to everyone coming out there and uh, hanging out with us and getting some training on, man. Uh, yeah,
3: it's going to be fun.
0: Uh, real quick, how, how can they uh, sign up to that event?
3: So you can go to uh, you Right when the homepage comes up, it's a white page, and you can click on Learn More, and it will take you to all of the classes. Um, again, I've just seen the bottom of the page. We left one out. Um, jimmy mathis with fast rescue solutions he will he will be taking he will have a class himself this year he's always he's a member of bears of the oath he's always supported us been there to help us out um he will have his own class this year down at Barrow county on the 13th um big fast rescue has been a very big supporter and sponsor of us so thank you guys uh next strong uh man we got it's we Me, yeah, we can. We got to throw Gonzo out there and Miko, the Brotherhood. Um, he's always supporting all of us. So, it's he's the best. The Sign up for any of the classes. And I will throw this out there. If you want to come and you're having hardships on coming, reach out to us. We will get you here.
0: Sounds good. It's, uh, as always, man, it was a pleasure. Well uh we'll see you guys in March and uh we'll talk to you guys soon.
3: All right, guys. Thank you very much. Okay. Later, thank fellas. Lee. Good
0: seeing you. Thank bye. you, Lee. Thank you, Shane. Talk to you guys soon, brother.
3: Bye bye.
2: Yo that's good that's good, uh that's good stuff, man. That um that bears of the oath. I like it. It's a good organization. It means a lot when you um when when you see their when you see their game kind of brought to you you know what I mean. Working with Shane was uh what well, was awesome, you know he uh, he took a beating, but um I I really like that live instructor on the rit deal because you're getting Herbie you were plugging to the to the students. Shane was plugging to the students of so stuff you don't see when you're standing up behind them, but when you're being dragged as the instructor, the things you can plug. And you can tell them from basically the underside of what's going on, or being put out the window, or everything that was going on. So I thought that was a, I thought that was a home run, uh, in your words, Rob Varsity.
0: Varsity well, as fuck. Uh, so, um we had a bunch of sidebar conversations. Not to cut you off real quick, Rob, uh, just to talk about the uh, writ. Uh, there was numerous students that came up to us and. Uh, we're saying, Hey, I've never dragged a real live victim. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing that we all talked about when we put the class together. Hey, listen, there is no dummies. We're, we're live victims. So you're gonna strip us, you're you're gonna you're gonna put the mask on us, you're doing everything. And guess what? Shit's a little different when when you don't have a hundred and eighty pound dummy there. And uh people had to man up and realize, okay this shit ain't for everyone. I, I got to figure this out. I got to I got I got to dig deep now because it, this is real deal.
2: We've the, never yeah, that was it, but... the thing that gets me too uh, on that is um a handful of times. I don't want to give all our secrets out, but a handful of times when they came in and they didn't have mask nobody has ever masked up a deadweight down fireman or someone that's in a little bit of a panic mode with a mask with oven mitts on as you say, they couldn't find the knob. So the first thing they're doing is they're talking about taking their gloves off. I'm just going to burn my hands. It's like, how effective are you going to be? So that was, that's always an eye opener when we do this to me that always, always is. And, um, and it just makes me realize too, guilty as charged that, uh, when I check my air pack off, I need to take it out of the seat or at least put my gloves on at a minimum and mess with the knobs and the everything, the buttons, and get that dexterity through those mitts.
1: Uh, absolutely, um, a lot of the training that we've done, and and I'm not saying that. You know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and pat ourselves on the back. Uh, we've been doing survival training for a, part, a good, better part of a decade, um, and we learned from a lot of guys that are no longer in the business. But every one of them brought something to the table. Um, and this wasn't just a one person deal, and and we're continuing to evolve based on the data, statistics, and And trial and errors. Uh, Guys, a lot of the stuff that we do is so simple, but yet so relevant to firefighter rescue and survival. Um, Simple, something as simple as we never use mannequins. Never, ever, ever use mannequins. I I can't tell you how many times we've been teaching at a venue and the host will be like, hey, uh, my training division gets you four mannequins tomorrow. Don't need them, brother. Thank you. Mannequins create training scars in the arena of firefighter rescue and survival. They've, they prevent, they prevent us from understanding what it feels like to bring a down fireman out, to derobe a down fireman, to bring, carry dead weight, uh, to understand the numbers and staffing. We, we sit around, we talk about the numbers. We need 15 for every one. And, and, and out of those, you're gonna every five of those guys, out of those five, one is going to become a mate of themselves. And we talk about these numbers and throw them around across the kitchen table like they're no big deal until you're fully encapsulated with oven mitts, with heat on your neck even in a, in a scenario based environment where you know you're just you're at a conference or at the firehouse drilling and you're trying to drag a down fireman out not a mannequin and then you realize where you're at and then you build from there we, we continuously expect to find success from a position of failure and mannequins are a position of failure in our and, and that's just a small part of our our ideology at NRC when it comes to firefighter rescue and survival and and we and we do a lot of things like that and I'm very proud of the standard that we maintain when we teach um I, I, I'm not because I want to you know pat ourselves in the back like I said when I started talking but because I believe that we're serving the greater good and the people that do end up you know being exposed to that type of training hopefully they go back home and get the reps in and if God forbid two months on the road or two years on the road they have to implement one of those uh tactics that it ends up in a positive outcome and we had a small little bit to do with it and, and that's my goal personally every time we teach the survival class um just real quick guys before you guys jump in um, the fire service is real healthy today. If you guys do not follow data, you guys understand that that uh, I like to mix um, practical, keep it simple, stupid under stress techniques with uh, a lot of data and statistics. If you guys don't follow firefighter rescue surveys, uh, project mayday, NIOSH reports, uh, close calls, and the list goes on and on and on, um, you need to start reading the data out there. Um, there is there are very few sole, sole source uh, data capturing agencies for the fire service that should be driving your training and what, how you prepare. Um, but for the first 23 days of 2021, we're averaging about 10 rescues a day nationwide. Okay. Um, according to firefighter rescue, we've had about 180 <coughs> civilian firefighter, I'm sorry, we've had about 180 civilian deaths the first 23 days of 2021 at fires. We've rescued uh, about 230 civilians, uh, nationwide, the first 23 days of 2021 And the fire service is doing a very good job we're making fires every single day, we're getting about 10 grabs a day. Okay, keep building on that, Um, keep practicing, understand that uh, this is just the first 23 days of the year, that number is gonna augment incredibly throughout the rest of the year. Um, These things are happening. It may not be happening at your fire department, it may be happening next door, it may be happening when you get off. This morning when I got off at eight in the morning at 8.30, they got a job and I got nothing but pictures for it. Okay, but it's happening, it just may may not be happening to you. Don't understand that it doesn't matter. You, you don't get reps just because when you go to fires. You get reps because you perform realistic training and your brain does not understand the difference whether you're at a fire or you're at a realistic training event. You're going to build the same rep, you're going to build the same um avenue to create that resource you're going to need when the time comes. Um, no different than throwing a ladder at 2 a.m. or 2 p.m. So with that, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, let you guys jump in. I appreciate the time. I had a blast with the two guests. I look forward to working with them in March um we have all types of classes coming up at nrc make sure you check our website out we're busy tomorrow morning i'm in a new class um next month we're in another class and and the list goes on and on uh we're looking to get out there and work with you guys and be around like minded brothers and sisters and uh remain approachable and teachable and coachable so thank you for your time guys
0: 100 um real quick greg and i were in Columbia, south carolina last week myself greg timmy gleason richard shirt and we received we were doing structural collapse uh, ops class. We left on a Friday. Friday morning, they got a text message from a student that was in the class that had to go and do shoring into the building of a fire that was there. so they had to go in get a dead body out of the building that had to shore their way into it. And he wrote this big long thank you about how him and his crew, we're so thankful about the training that they learned. So that was cool to see guys come back and be like, "Hey, man, listen, that shit that you guys taught us isn't just smoke and mirrors. It, it's it's the real deal." So that 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 just goes back and tells us that we're doing the right thing.
2: You know what's crazy about that too, Herbie? To add, um, <clears throat> I didn't see the letter, but you kind of hit me up with that, or I didn't hear the write up. Um, we were sitting there talking about it and a couple of their, um, influential captains and one of their battalion chiefs were there and they were like, we really need to do that because I was talking about that as far as after a fire, you know, you need to get a tech rescue call. If you go in there and shore up anything you do, you can get yourself a tech rescue call out of that on addition to a fire. And they're like, oh man, never thought of that. Started looking. So I'd like to see if that battalion chief or a couple of those captains had anything to do with that. But that's it right there. And, and realistically, the bottom line is not not getting a TR number or not getting, you know, a fire call or all that. the 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 realistic deal is going in and getting the the remains so somebody can have basically uh, closure or whatever or investigate whatever the case may be. But so they can have that, and that was key to me.
0: That's yeah, uh that's huge. So, like uh, like Rob said before, we wrap it up uh rob will be in palm beach shores starting tomorrow doing uh bmr tech and we got uh aerial apparatus going on at indian river the following week greg will be in cape coral correct doing structural collapse ops and then uh, we got man versus machine that week as well Uh, the first time that uh nrc is offering the man versus machine program in south florida so uh it's it's a busy couple weeks we got uh, we also got the Bears of the Oath class coming up as well. And then uh, stay tuned. We're going to be hosting that big five-day event as well. So uh, there's a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline. We look forward to seeing all you guys there. Uh, you guys got anything for them?
1: That's I got. Thank you for your time. I look forward to working with you guys in the future.
0: As always, quick shout-out to the sponsors, Breachpoint USAR, Miko Fire. Uh, cannot say enough great things about Miko Fire, man. They support us with everything we do. The Can-Man Fire Show, first-do screen printing. They give you all of the NRC swag that we have, the shirt that Rob has on, the shirt that I have on. Uh, if you guys taken our classes, you guys have had a first-do screen printing shirt. The Bears of the Oath and uh, Nozzleman Leather. You need any custom chin, uh, chin straps, Uh, Radio harnesses, anything, check out Nozzleman Leather. Best quality in the game. Promise you hands down. That being said, we appreciate you guys. We promise you that we're not going to be a month out. We were just so busy last time. So uh, we promise you we'll be back in another week and a half to give you guys another podcast with a special guest. Stay tuned. And uh, with that being said, we appreciate you guys. All right, boys. Take care.